Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles, the rich and your race. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. Greetings, Trashlings, and welcome back to another episode of Space Trash. Lifestyles with Rich and Uranus, and I'm Sarah Armour. And I'm Molly Malshine. And welcome to a kind of weird week. Like, nothing huge, but a lot of stuff to talk about. Well, it's like nothing is huge in terms of like, you know, no celebrity died, nobody, like, there was no big divorce, but... Every story that came out, even the ones that we don't like, like we like, I feel like everything that came out is huge and was huge, but it's like not huge in the same, like it's it's, it's, it's huge, huge on so, it's huge on social media and not getting a lot of coverage. Like if you look yes. at yeah, if you look at Us Weekly, if you look at BuzzFeed, like nothing looks like it's going on, but a lot of people are like the streets are a buzz. So I just sent you these two dual Adele covers, which um. It's really funny. She was on the cover of both British Vogue and American Vogue. I want you to look at the photos and I want you to tell me which one you think. Don't look at which country's which. Okay. We've got Adele in a beautiful yellow ball gown with massive cleavage. And mm-hmm. we've got Adele in a green ball gown far away. Which okay. one do you think is British Vogue, Edward Enninful? Which one do you think is Anna Winter, American Vogue? So Edward Enninful is... While you're deciding, I'm just going to explain for people who might not know. Yeah, because I don't even know. I, you know, fashion, I, Met Gala was my first real dip into yeah, fashion, yeah. so educate me. So Edward Enninful was the first, is the first black editor-in-chief of British Vogue. Okay, obviously the yellow. Okay, so what makes you say that? Uh, big tit, big fat titties, infinitely sexier, infinitely cooler. Okay, see, I, when I first saw these, I thought, because usually British Vogue weirdly i mean british fashion is a lot of the time slightly more avant-garde than american mm. fashion it's not as camp but it's a little bit well i mean more. to be fair like you also still aren't like fixing your teeth so it is pretty avant-garde right and like no one wears makeup here like it's considered day class a and low class to like wear makeup and high heels you know so i literally mean? think i would crush london Oh yeah, probably, probably. Like, I don't even wear shoes. Like I actually made a promise to myself many moons ago that I would never wear heels again, and I haven't. Yeah, I I don't. When I lived in New York, I wore heels every time I went out at night, every single time. Like not to get super dressed up, just because I love wearing heels and I'm short. And here, I never ever wear them. Like I wore heels to my show last night, and I was like, I fucking forgot how incredible it feels to have a, a heel. But so yeah. yeah. The yellow the only is, time I've, to be honest, I'll tell you this. The only time I've worn heels in the past 10 years have been when I was wearing like stripper heels for like a naughty photo shoot and my legs do look better and I do feel very sexy, but I can only wear them for like five seconds. Yeah. See, I think my secret is my feet are too big for my body. So when I wear heels, 
I have a much bigger platform to go off of. Do you know what I'm saying? Interesting. See, I, I have very, very fat feet, even though they're little. So like every time I, I ever wear wide, US, very wide. Yeah. Like they're, okay. they're really wide. And like, it's why I was like, it's why I have really good balance. It's why I was like good at gymnastics. And I pretend mm-hmm. it was like, like a longer term and more better than I was, you know, as I get older, the better I got, but it's like, it is why I have really good balance. It's why I'm like good at yoga, like tree pose. I can do all the, like anything poses. Cause I have really wide feet, but every time I would, Oh my God. So how do you, when I slip my feet into heels, it feels like, like I, I have like, like, it, it's like, it squeezes them to the point where like, but when I take them off, I feel like I feel a heartbeat in my, in my like uh, joints of my toes. See, I do have wide feet, but I don't think they're wide enough to merit a wide size. Casey needs to buy wide shoes from ASOS. Wow. Good you guys are really, truly my sisters from another mister. Like I cannot I know. how much random shit we have in common. So what's your shoe size? Like a seven, seven and a half. Okay. I'm also, I'm like a seven and a half, eight. Do you have to buy a wide? So I don't have to buy a wide. That's why I can wear heels because my feet are wide enough to like they're narrow enough to fit in the shoes, but they're big and wide enough. Like for me being five foot two, I have no business being a size eight shoe. That's fine. right. That's Although what... I'm not that different. I'm like seven and a half and I'm five, three. So yeah, we're both weirdos. That's weird. Well, and I, we won't, we don't have to get into it just yet. We can finish Vogue and you might have to edit this so it makes sense or I can do it too. Cause now you see that I'm a really responsible editor, but uh, I was also really excited to hear that you had the same emotional relationship to funny girl as I do. I want to see Adele in that role, but yeah, we will get to that, but let's talk about that. Well, and that actually brings us to the other thing we have to talk about, which is Katherine Hahn being cast as, um, oh fuck, now I'm forgetting, but there was this big controversy because uh, Katherine Hahn was cast as Joan Rivers, and there's this big sort of uprise in the Jewish community just being like, why, it, they're calling it like Jewface, and it's like, you, when people do Jewish characters, are they doing Jewface? Right. Sarah Silverman was saying it. What do yeah, you that's think? what I was listening. Yeah, I listened to her pod and I tend to, I don't know. I think these are all things that we're going to get into as we move into the episode. Stay tuned one thing at a time, but see what we're saying. None of this is like major, but it is like what you said earlier is so it. Cause then I do want to know about Vogue. It's, it's not, it's social media, but it's also social politics. So yeah. everything that came out this week was, and it was so perfect in how it worked with the astrology because it's all about you know, we have the retrograde Mercury in Libra. We have Mars in Libra. We have the sun in Libra. And all of this is trining, meaning working with the retrograde energy in Aquarius and the North Node energy in uh, Gemini. So this is all about rethinking the way we do culture at large and how we, the community and how we relate to each other and like what isn't is not socially acceptable. So it's all very, it's called a grand air trine that we have in the sky right now. And we're feeling it. Wow. Love that. So I think what's so interesting about these Adele covers is I thought that the American cover with the green dress from far away was more directional. And mm. I would have thought that was the British Vogue cover because the one, the American Vogue, the British Vogue cover with the yellow, it's so overtly sexy. And that is usually not so much what British Vogue goes for. Usually British Vogue is a little more like, artsy fartsy and not really designed to like scream at you from the newsstand. Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. That's so interesting. Cause like, I don't know anything about like British culture at all or Vogue culture. And I actually think both Vogue covers are, are nice. The Vogue green dress cover is much more, um, 
to me fashion. It's much more artistic. There is design. Like this other Vogue cover could be a a cosmopolitan magazine. Like it, it, it isn't necessarily Vogue level. Like the, yeah, the British Vogue cover is more beauty forward. Yes. Like, and yes. not fashion forward. And yes, 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 yes. Yeah. The American one. Yeah. She always like American Vogue covers always look very disembodied and uncanny Valley over the past like 10 yeah. years. Or so. They've all been awkward like they've been getting weirder and weirder and weirder and this one yeah it's like what does this green dress cover what is it supposed to say what is right. it say it's just far away green dress it could be anyone it had it's not her like and the british one is very 60s inspired which her aesthetic has always been 60s which looks yeah. incredible on her she looks like a bombshell she looks like a bond girl like it's that is really saying something and the American yeah. just like well but I guess like when I look at the American one it's to me it's not necessarily just the green dress or you know it's like it's the lines so there's sort of it's like the angles of the dress coming together with the angles of the building that she's standing on with the light creating two different tones like it's more of an art piece yeah. whereas the the British one with the yellow dress is more of an Adele va va boom and yeah you're so right it's like grab your eye, grab the cover, what's going on. And I want to just say for Adele, you know, I feel like when we see a lot of like weight loss stories in the public eye, sometimes it can go really wrong. I think Adele is so cool because like she's beautiful now that she's thinner, but she's not more like she was, she looks the same, just probably feels better, but like she still looks like Adele, you know, like, like I look at like Rebel Wilson is just all smile now, you know? And it's like, I kind of liked her kind of fat. Like, like Adele is really, I think, comfortable in her transformation and it shows. Yeah. She looks great. And she looked amazing before. And I think it was really weird when we first saw the first photo of her after she had lost weight and people felt like betrayed. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I know. Well, I think that that is something that we do to people. It's it's the same thing that we do to comedians. Like I, you know, if you look at like the Amy Schumer syndrome, which is basically like we really liked her when she was covering this specific, you know, like party party girl, sex girl getting dumped, and then she, you know, she gets political. She has a baby. She wants to do more serious films, and it's like, what's wrong with Amy? Like we like we hate her when she does anything other than what we expect of her. I think we get so used to pe- people being like somehow a reflection of ourselves and that's yeah like Adele was our go-to like fat and heartbroken and like just like us and now she's like va va boom but apparently her new album is fantastic I have not listened yet because I've been crying so much on my own I don't know if I need the help but don't you think she was always va va boom though she always looked so cool I loved her why you been crying so much oh I love to cry I mean I've been crying so much because um well, a lot of things. I, I, I guess like, you know, all this retrograde South, uh, you know, my South note is in Libra. So um, I guess I've just been feeling very, um, if for the first time all plague, I'm feeling kind of lonely. Oh. And, and I'm getting all of these like signs and messages where like, I really didn't miss comedy before at all. Like I was like, I'll just stay in the house forever. And now like even last night when I was recording with Casey, it was so crazy because she's telling me about seeing Sonia Morgan. Sonia, I was like, oh, where'd you see Sonia? I don't even know anything about what these, 
housewives do or whatever. And she's like, oh, she was at Helium Comedy Club. I'm immediately triggered, you know? Yeah. Because, and of course, like, it is the only club. I posted one comedy clip since the plague started because the only club that I worked at since the plague started was Helium Comedy Club, right? And then there was this big Bachelor news where one of the characters from this season of pa- Paradise broke up the, another couple. I know you don't know who these people are, but there was a news report that came, a news report, LOL. There was like gossip that came out right after Casey and I started, re- started recording that I saw right when we finished. I put it in the show notes. But basically like how they confirmed this affair was that these two people were spotted at a bar that I used to host a show at in New York. So I'm what? like, oh, I'm getting like hit like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. You got to get back in the Northeast. I got to get-, get home and I got to get on stage. You do. Because I also like, okay, I wanted to talk about this Adele quote that you sent me where she said yeah. it was in her Saturn return. Um, Shout out Haley Sachs. You always give us the best tips. Yeah. Amazing Haley. Thank you. And she said that she had a lot of anxiety and it made her work out and use her, like sort her anxiety out that way. And it reminded me of another um, backlash well, the that quote happened. Too was that she was really quick. The quote was like all based on the fact that she recognized that she was having her Saturn return, which is so huge for us. Yeah. And she got a Saturn tattoo on her wrist. A lot of people I know are getting rocked by their Saturn return right now because I am a daddy, Cap- Capricorn daddy. I have a lot of younger friends and they're all getting rocked. And I just want to say, I stand with you all. But the thing is with the workout, is it reminded me of when Ashley Graham went on Khloe Kardashian's Revenge Body Show, which, yeah, it's a really stupid show with a stupid premise, but (laughs) Ashley Graham went on it to, like, help someone work out, and people were mad, and it's like, wait, working out and weighing whatever you naturally weigh are not mutually exclusive. 100%. You need to work out no matter who you are and what you think of the way your body looks because it's right, it has nothing to do with weight loss. Actually. It has to do with like being a human being that needs to move your meat. Yeah. Like it's such a terrible thing that working out has gotten so inextricably related to weight loss because it's not weight loss is about what you eat and working out is about like having bone density. Like we, us, both of us now that we're over 30 are losing muscle tone like every minute. So oh, I, oh, I know we need to be <laughs> fucking working out. Like no matter what you do, yeah. you need to work out. So yesterday I I did a show in Croydon, which is like, Croydon. it was very, I had never been to Croydon before. I had no idea what to expect because people it's, it's known as like stab city. It's known as the stab capital. Oh shit. That's yes. pretty specifically scary. Yeah. <laughs> Stab capital. That's so funny. It's I know, terrifying. But it was really fine. It was just like a bunch of like drunk. It was very nationalist. Like there was a German comic on the bill. And when she said she was German, everybody booed her. Oh, I love that for, for us. They may mean the Jews. I, maybe they mean, maybe by stab central, they mean like we'll get them with jokes or we'll get them with our dick. Like maybe it's just like plays real fuck. Well, they were good sports with jokes and I knew they would be. That's why I was like, okay, I'm stoked to get to Croydon because I don't do good with like an alt room. I do best with a very run of the mill suburbia 2.5 kids room. Like, and I had, I have this one joke that I did at um, like a gay bar last week and it was lead balloon. Like it was like, Awful. No, they hated it. Joke for us? Is that weird to do it now? I want to hear the joke. I don't want to do it now because I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna keep it for a while, so I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But like, it's it's like a spicy joke. And I was in the gay bar and they hated it. And then I was in the 
in Croydon and they fucking loved it. It was like, Oh, that's a great feeling though. When you realize like, Oh, it's just like, there's, you know, different strokes for different folks. That's why we have menus, but like, it's not you. Like it is a good joke. Yeah. But also it annoyed me because like, I feel like if I was a drag queen, they would have laughed. Do you know what Definitely. I mean? Definitely. Well, yeah, but that's more of like an agreement that the drag queen makes with the gay bar audience the minute she gets on stage. Right. And like, I will never have that agreement because I'm like cis yeah. presenting white right. woman. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, there, I'm always going to be looked at sideways in a gay bar, which is fair. But so I was doing my thing earlier in the day. The reason I brought this up is I was doing my thing earlier in the day of, um, I'm going to quit comedy. This is my last show ever, which, you know, I do, you know, every <laughs> week. But yeah, we do it every, yeah. I'm like, you know what? It's not for me. This isn't for me. I'm not doing it anymore. And then I started working out and I immediately wow. was like, like I did my workout and I was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to beast this show. I yeah. I know exactly what I'm going to talk about. I did like some material that I had retired because it had stopped working and it was like working again. Like, and I had a great show. So it's like, well, dude, both- that's like, side note, that's part of what I've been going through too, which is like part of when the pandemic happened, I was sort of relieved because the truth, truth is, I, you know, if you really want to make it in comedy, what you have to do is do the same jokes over and over and over again, perfect them to the point that they're like TV ready. And then, do you know what I'm saying? And I was so bored of the whole set. I was so bored of doing my bits. So either I was just like riffing and improvising, which I'm really funny doing, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like amounting to a late night set or like a sellable set, or I was redoing, I was doing my jokes over and over, which at at the same thing, like at a certain point, they, they just don't work as well, but it's not because they're not good jokes. It's because when you perform them, if you're either if you're sick and tired of them or what you're saying like if you're if you're not feeling good in your body it's really hard like so much of of comedy is delivery and is performance yeah. and if you're not feeling it they are not feeling it one of the things that also has been happening is like the last few moonules i've noticed that like when like i'm doing bits i'm doing a lot of my material at these moonules which has not been a part of the plan ever but the truth is like either it's totally relevant and I just say it because it is true and I have a funny way to say it, but it's what I'm saying is true. Or I know that the show needs something and I actually can go, Oh, you know what? Boom. I know exactly what to do in this moment. I have exactly the bit. So, so that's been interesting too, because it's like this, this part of me that was like, I just love the zoom manuals. I'm just going to do zoom manuals and improvise for the rest of my I know, life. You were enabling me too with your, with saying that. And I was like, Sarah's not going back to live comedy. Maybe yeah, I'll man. just quit too. We got to not enable each other like that. That's bad. No, no, no. But I disagree. I disagree. I think it's important to always follow those because it's like, if I had been like, no, I'll never quit and pushed through, I think quitting is the best thing that you can do. It's like Simone Biles too. Like when you throw mm-hmm. your hands in the air and are like, I'm not doing it anymore. But then from an authentic place, you're like, nah, I'm going to go fucking metal right now. Yeah, go metal. When you force yourself to keep doing the thing when it doesn't. And I think the larger story here, like for everybody is that like, it's, it's not, it's not quitting and it's not, it's like rest isn't giving up and quitting isn't quitting. If you are doing something that is actually related to your calling, like, did I quit gymnastics? Yes. You know why? It wasn't for me. Like I wasn't going to do it. Comedy is one of the comedy and coaching are two things that I have quit over and over and over again. And I can't, I mean, I'm still getting booked in New York 
the last few months, I'm just not there. So I get, but I, without doing anything, I get messages like, Hey, can you do my show? Hey, can you do my show? And it's like, wow, even if I wanted to, the only work that I would get is comedy or like, I'll be like, I'm not coaching. I'm not advertising it. And then like somebody will swoop in and I'm like, I actually can help and I want to help. And it's like, fuck, this is my life's work. So I actually think it's like, take a break when you need to take a break and, and really be easy on yourself so that like now I'm, I miss it in a way that is motivating versus feeling like I'm, I'm doing something to get some achievement, to prove something, to be respected and validated. Like that did not work for me. And I don't want to ever feel that way again. That's what I was thinking yesterday. I was like, I'll just take a break. I'll take a break so that I have that hunger again. But that's the thing. I keep getting booked and I'm like, okay, if I'm getting booked, it's because I, because I'm always like, I'm always like, maybe it's not my calling. Maybe I'm not actually good. And I know you are so good. And I want to say alt rooms, you, you crushed weep. Weep wasn't all. Well, it's sort of all. It's like, it's, it's sort of what I am, which is like, a bridge between alt and mainstream like it's sort of, it was sort of yeah, yeah i mean it's you're pretty, mainstream you make a I lot know, of i know but i can play to i can play to the weirdos yeah yeah i can't and like but yeah that's the thing i just i needed to have it i i felt like i wanted to take a break and then at the same time i was like i worked so hard i've been doing stand up for like 7 years now and i worked so hard to be getting booked on shows, to have people actually saying to me, will you do my show? That wasn't happening to me for a very long time. Like that just started happening about three years ago. And I was like dying for it to happen. And now that it's happening, I'm being a little bitch about it. Like, come on, you know, that's fucked up. That's really stupid. And I don't know. I mean, I do think it's hard though too, because like, I mean, COVID is a thing. I mean, I'm seeing things every day posted where it's like, I mean, somebody posted today, one of the, com- there, that's where today I actually felt a little bit better because I was like, all right, let me take a little bit of time to prepare. But like one of the comics who I would be at every show with posted an Instagram story like, hey, um, I just got word, I guess got the news is in, I have COVID. So if you've been around me in the past, you know, few weeks, you got to go get tested. And it's like, there's no way I would have not seen this person. And yeah. comedy is such a, I mean, yeah, that's where it's like, I now have more motivation to go work on my material so that when I get back, I feel better. But like, it is, I mean, that mic is just sitting on people's mouths, you know? It's disgusting. So it's like, it is the worst thing for the time right now. I hate the people that balance it on the bottom of their chin. I know. Don't let it touch your fucking face. I know. I'm like, I hope you get fucking cystic acne because that's disgusting. (laughs) You know what else I've also realized is the real issue? Like the real thing that I'm avoiding is not performing. It's not the performing that bugs me. It's like sitting down and writing and actually doing the Joan Rivers thing of listening to your recording back. You are speaking my fucking truth right now. Right. Like when I first started, I would always do that. Every set, I would be like a stenographer. I'd be with pen and paper like, ooh, this is, I need to move this word here. And now I got cocky and I don't do that anymore. But I have to tell you, do you know what has actually brought me back to You've really, I mean, you have influenced my life in so many ways. It's not even funny. And actually, even at the Moonyul, I don't know if I said it, I'll have to put an email, but one of the things that we were all supposed to do during this last uh, new moon is sort of identify like, okay, so since April, which was the Aries new moon, you know, or like late, late March, 
you know, what have you accomplished in the last six months? Like what has changed? Like, because we're, we're dead in the middle of the moon cycle, like the lunar year. Right. And I looked back and actually when we did our, when, when we did our first diva behavior crossover, mm-hmm. it was exactly at that time. Two weeks later, we switched it to space trash. Wow. And the amount that my life has And so, and I'm realizing too, like this wouldn't have happened had I been, I mean, I was out every night and I was, I was hosting shows every weekend at like the coolest spot. So like, I don't know. I I think that everything is, is about balance. I think sometimes you do have to go all in on something and that, that you do have to have sort of laser focus. I think other times you can, you know, put the pieces together in a way that works. But it's interesting. I remember reading a Gabby Bernstein book many years ago and she was like, there's this myth that like women can't have it all and can't do it all. But there's also that there's this myth that like, yes, you can, and then force it and make it work and, and, you know, over, over tire and overburden and overwork yourself. And what she said was like, what that means, like you can have it all does not mean you can have it all at the same time. It means you can have it all. And to like zoom out and look at like the course of your life and your time. And so I don't know, I, 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 but I feel the exact same. And what now makes me feel like, all right, you know what? I could work material again. The other thing too, is when you're doing it like a stenographer, but it's the same fucking jokes over and over and over again. It's like, I fucking hate myself. And it doesn't make it, it's only fun with like new material because it's like, oh, I'm like, I'm learning, right? When you're just doing, when you're listening back to your same fucking herpes set over and over and over, it's like, I hate myself and I don't even really have herpes. So like, what am I even doing here? Right. So it's like, it's like, um, anyway, I will say though, editing, when you went on your vacay and I was forced to do the thing that I've been avoiding, even like the moonules, I should be going back and editing and posting like polished clips, but I've been resistant, right? Cause I do, I'm avoiding myself in whatever way editing. That's why I'm like, I'll edit it. Realizing how much I like editing and how much fun it is to put out a product that you feel genuinely is good has changed my fucking life. Yeah. And that's the thing. Whenever I bomb at a show, it's because I didn't prepare beforehand. That's literally it. Like when I sit and actually like write out meticulously what I'm going to say and what stuff I'm going to do and how I'm going to tweak it and actually like do the work instead of just relying on muscle memory, it goes better every single time. So every time I do feel that impulse to quit, I'm like, okay, I'm literally just being lazy. Like I'm being just lazy because I don't yeah. feel like sitting and trying to, to work through it all. But anyway, the point is, I have two ideas for a side note, but okay, we can well, talk about it later. But we'll for the, later. for the Saturn returnees too, remind me, I got an idea for everybody. Okay, cool. 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 The, the point is whenever you do feel that way, just like Adele, you can work out. Yep. You can work out. And Adele took a real, people have been clowning her for how long she took to get this second album out. It's why we were saying, who was the album that we were like, well, they kind of rushed the second one out. Was it Lizzo? Yes. I think it was Lizzo. Like, it's like, what I think is cool about Adele is like, no, she was not losing weight for vanity and she was not going to just give us another album because we have 19 and 21. And you know what I mean? Like she was like, no, when I, and I do think as an artist, it's really important to uh, give yourself, I don't even think you're being lazy. I think it's like, oh, the, I don't have the the support I need, or there, I, I think it's like, there's something going on that's making this seem harder than it should. Cause at the end of the day, like it isn't hard to do that work, but there's something that you need that actually isn't, that isn't 
you know, whether it's just time and rest and a break or support or a writing group or whatever. I'm always taking a fucking break though, dude. I'm no, always- you're not. You are such a hard worker. You're just such a hard worker that you don't count the hard work as hard work. <laughs> you really do a lot, okay, mom. Maybe. I yeah. do do a lot. Nick and I actually sat down this week because I was like, I was like, I can't do all the things I'm doing. I'm doing too much stuff. And we yeah. sat down and Nick was like, okay, how many hours a week do you spend on this, 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 and this? And then I was like, fuck, outside of my day job, I'm doing 20 plus hours of other stuff a week. Yeah. Not, even, not including stand-up, not including stand-up. So how dare you call my friend Molly lazy? I know. I got a wrong bitch. I'm going to get my- Okay. I'm going to fill my water real quick. Oh, that's good. Hydrate. I'm being such a dirtball. I'm taking pretzels. Yeah. Peanut butter. Yeah. Nutella. Yeah, dude. That's a snack. I know. It's very love. I love. That's a great snack if you ask me. Oh. So Instagram is down again. Instagram, oh WhatsApp, God, and Facebook went again. down. Oh, my God. I fucking interrupted you. Say it again. Say it again. No, it was. it's okay. That was funny. Oh, my God. It went down again. Oh, my what? God. We're down again. Now I'm going to interrupt you again, too. <laughs> That's because Mercury is retrograde. What else is happening? Why is this? Why does this okay. keep happening? Besides, like, Facebook having a totally unethical monopoly on communication. Yes, and. Well, okay. So even that, though, like, I was saying before, it's like uh, this trine that all of this Libra energy is making with, you know, Gemini, which is where the North Node is. But then more importantly, retrograde Saturn and retrograde Jupiter in Aquarius, the sign of the collective, the sign of social media, the sign of technology, the sign of global communication, right? And, and, and Jupiter and Saturn in retrograde are really asking us to see in what ways we are doing, uh, or, or I guess, okay, let me be more clear. Like we are following rules that don't benefit yes, us. Yes, yes. It's, it's showing us how, how, how much importance we have put on social media to be the way that we communicate and that we trust communication. But like every time it goes down and all of a sudden we realize, well, our clients aren't going to get our messages or they're not, we're not going to be able to even advertise the pod. Like, it's so funny. The first thing that I thought when I, when it was down the other day was like, oh, maybe for Space Trash, we should just have like a sub stack so that it's like more of a newsletter. And like, we could just put the show notes and all of them. And then it goes out to the people that follow it because we are so, we are so uh, just- Beholden to social media, yeah. Yeah, like they own us. And I think what's interesting too is like Zuckerberg is a big character at, you know, at play here. I, we do have a startup, we can take a look. But it's sort of like, not only are these are these forums that we're using so freely to connect to, to others, not only are- are they reliable? Do we trust them? But also like, what is going on? Like, why are we, um, why is Facebook the reason that there is like global, you know, acts of violence being committed? And why are they the, what'd you say? Unrest. Facebook like yeah. destroyed Malaysia. It's crazy. Like what, so we, we shouldn't go too deep into this because we have so many other things to talk about, but well, you've big- explained why it's not just Mercury retrograde. You've explained what's happening astrologically. What is your advice for people when it does go down? If they feel that little weird addictive twitch? Well, I think that is a completely helpful, necessary, uncomfortable feeling because number one, if and when, you know, it's really easy to be like, no, I'm not addicted to social media. I just run my business on it or no, it's, I just like, it actually relaxes me to scroll or whatever. I think sitting with whatever it is that we are, uh, 
you know, addicted to, whether it's like I'm overdraft, so I can't buy a pack of cigarettes or I'm, you know, you know, I'm unable to scroll or whatever. When Mm -hmm. we're in those moments where we just want to reach for that thing and get that need met. And then we have that, that addictive twitch instead of just finding something else to band-aid that twitch with. I think that's what this whole transit is actually about. It's like, it's best case scenario that it's happening. And that's what Mercury retrograde is, right? Every, the way that you can think about retrograde planets is that it's sort of like, it's an internal experience, right? So on the external, we see that Facebook's down, social media is down. I can't even WhatsApp Molly, right? Whatever, devastating. But when we when the things that we hold as the most important tools in our lives or the way that we do things, when it's taken away from us and we automatically feel uncomfortable, it's essential that we do the inner work required so that not only can we sit with the discomfort and can we acknowledge where we maybe are band-aiding or distracting or, because at the end of the day, if, if, if all of a sudden you can't scroll and you're feeling that, that anxious, addicted twitch, that's there either way. So that it's, it's actually inviting us all to do that internal work, to be with ourselves during these moments and to find different, more intimate ways. North Node in Gemini, it's not necessarily about intimacy, but it's about actually connecting in community. So like if, if we can't get online and scroll and post for the masses or whatever six people watch, if actually I say, okay, this is important for me to communicate to Molly, I'm going to write it in an email if I have to, I'm going to call her. That's actually deeply healing and important for us to practice doing. We can't just rely on our addictions and these conglomerates to be our end all be all of communication. We just can't. Also from a journalism PR, former tech reporter perspective, the reason why we do all feel uncomfortable and weird when these tech sites go down is because they are designed to be addictive. There are very, very rich people sitting in a room figuring out how to get us hooked on this shit. Okay, how do we make space trash more addictive? Dude, <laughs> if I knew that, I wouldn't be. Right, we're not in the room this. where it happens. <laughs> right. If we if we knew, we would be fucking like in Doctor Evil's lair. We would but do. that's the thing. So we have to. If you are as bothered by this as like if if you're sitting there being like, oh my god, I can't get on Instagram. I'm twitching. I hate myself for twitching. Why am I so addicted to this site? Write to a congressperson, write to your congressperson and say to them, what the fuck are you guys doing about this evil monopoly that Facebook has on our brains at this point? Like Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp are controlling people's brains. They are changing the way people behave. They are changing the way people look like the, the lip injections and Botox and everything was not as big before social media. Thousand percent. We are changing. And when I say we, I mean, we, including me changing oh. our faces to be more amenable to an algorithm. Literally this algorithm is deciding what the way we dress, the way we look, the way we act, what we post, what we do with our spare time. People Bro, are, I took a, I took a great, I was at the pool. Somebody, you know, I took a great picture of my ass. And it was a great picture. And I, there was a part of me that was like, oh my God, should I post it with the new episode? And I was like, wait a second. Like, but it's because my, the only posts that do well are when it's like tits and ass. That's it. Well, that's for you because you have great tits and ass. Great tits and ass. But it's like Instagram knows when it's an ass versus when it's like me and my girls at the wharf. It's like, they, yeah. they, if it's an ass, they're like, put it, put it forward. People are going to like it. Right. And it's changing our behavior. People are literally going places that they would not have bothered to go to before to make 
content that will appease this algorithm. Mm -hmm. That is really, really fucked up. And our lawmakers are so stupid and behind the times. They did you, we, we were going to talk about this last week and we never got to it. The congressman who said, when are you going to shut down Finsta? He said that to someone from Facebook or Instagram. Yo, the fact that we're in a time, there was a time when congressmen were using the term Finsta. What and has no idea what it is. He thinks it's a, he thinks it's like a department within Facebook. Oh my God, stop. It's actually the department within all of our brains who want to know who our exes are fucking get real. Right. So we, we all, it's very sad and fucked up what social media is doing to our brains. I hate saying that because I sound like a Luddite and I don't mean to. Well, but but here's the thing. It's not all bad. Like what we were talking about before too, is like, it's remarkable that, that, okay. Yeah. I miss like human interaction, blah, blah, blah. I could get fucked. I could get hugged, you know, but the amount of actual real connections and, and friendships I've made like basically using Instagram and Instagram live as my only tool. And it could, it converts to the moon. It converts to clients is also extremely positive and helpful. So it's sort of like just noticing it's cause so it's not that like Instagram did it, right. but it's, it's that I had a place to show up online. And so I think there's like noticing where it actually has been helpful, noticing where actually it has not been helpful. And then whatever, whatever the case may be, as the world continues to evolve, if you know that for you, it's helpful to, you know, post an article or to show up on camera and talk to people that you can actually translate into whatever, whether it's a, you know, an, a different app or a YouTube or whatever. So I don't think Instagram or social media, Facebook, it's not all bad, but because it isn't a, like a purely benevolent, uh, you know, connectivity force, which is what it was sort of pitched as in the first place, like a place, a place for global communication, which it continues is, to be pitched as well. Right. And the, now we're seeing how much of that, I mean, right all the data collection stuff it's like they don't need to do a census anymore they have facebook and it has destroyed journalism like there are fewer local reporters and local reporters that's the level that's most important that's the thing that affects people most and there are less of them than there were ever like probably in america's history well and it's all there's, there's a huge there's a huge emphasis on like mob rule which in real life maybe speaks volumes because people get up they have the wherewithal to get up and you know, that's why like protests ain't shit anymore because it's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But we have a hundred thousand likes on this. So people, people are losing business. They're losing sponsorships. They are people mob rule when it's like people all, all walking to the courthouse to demand justice is very different than everybody unfollowing the bachelor guy because they, they didn't like his behavior. And now he lost his sponsorships. Let's pivot to Dave Chappelle because I find it really interesting because we started out this episode saying, you know, there's not a lot of big like banner headline news stories, but there's a lot of chatter on social media. And also at the same time, all of social media has been breaking all week. That's Mm -hmm. weird. Like that's what we get when we have, when we have Mars right now, we are in a, even for us, why did we take a two hour break? Why did we take a two hour break just to like talk? Because right now, to talk shit, to talk shit, to talk trash, to talk trash. It's because, okay, so two days ago, the first time that the internet went down, or three days ago, uh, the sun was what we call combust, which means in the exact same place as the sun. So the sun was combust Mars. So that meant that Mars energy on some level was being like burned away. It's like the sun burns anything that it gets to. Was this Wednesday? Yeah, it was like three days ago. Okay. So it's like there was a, there was a, a combustion between Mars and the sun so so there was a lot of fired up mars energy but 
there was also nothing to do with it. There was no, there was, there, we couldn't wow. get online. There was no, so Mars, we felt the energy of Mars, but actually the sun burned it out. The good news is every time we, we're in a Mars cycle where we're actually using this energy to start a new Mars cycle, which means that the way that after this whole retrograde, metrograde period is done, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to really be clear about what work we're passionate about, what things we're passionate about. For even part of what we were talking smack about was like, this is what I am willing to do. This is what I am not willing to do. Talia Brava's like, I'm not doing it anymore unless you fucking pay me because it's like the work that we've been doing either has been working and, and we feel good about it, but it's like probably, uh, it's probably hung. It's hat is probably hung on a, a devious, a, a devious poke. I mean, that's a horrible way to phrase it, but I, I was trying to think of coat rack. What is it even called? Poke. A, a devious, a devious coat rack. <laughs> okay. 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 Or we realize, wow, I've been burning all of this energy and putting all this shit out there and I'm not being rewarded for it. Or now when I can't get attention for it, it's not so inspiring to me anymore. And it's like, yeah, if, if, if you are doing all of this work, but then you're not going to get like attention for it, or you're not gonna be able to post about it. You know, it's when they also say like, yeah, but would you post about it? If like, you know, it's like, like, yeah, I do think in relationships, you should be able to post together on social media. There's also a part of it, which is like, you know, how much are we posting about shit just so that other people think something about us or know something about us or like give us credit for being, you know, in, in a relationship or I'm with him or, you know, there's just a lot of nefarious action in the way that we're using social media and the way that we're thinking about the things that we care about and fire us up, even also just how much we get triggered during the day based on social media, which is also kind of bullshit. And it's like, wow, when I'm not actually staring this person I hate in the face because I choose to follow them, does it actually bother me? And maybe it does, but it's not because of them. It's because it actually, it's the same as that addictive thing. It's like, no, if you have an issue with someone, you have an issue with you. And, and so there's just a lot of, so that was that. Now today, specifically today, right after this new moon, where we were, where we were combust Mars, uh, now today the sun is combust Mercury. What does that mean? That means that the sun is burning. The sun is, is frying up and crisping communications. And so it's a, it's a, it's a Mercury retrograde. So Mercury's moving backwards. The sun is moving forwards and they meet in the middle. And the sun is like, like fry your, fry your communications plan, not necessarily make your thinking unclear, but it's sort of like, it's sort of like, like if today people are finding that like, it is particularly hard to focus or it is particularly hard to stay on track or like the things that you thought that you were supposed to be doing now don't seem so important or or fascinating anymore or whatever. It's a good thing because it actually is, is allowing us to see ourselves, be a witness to ourselves in a different way. And then do the inner work to kind of rewire whatever we're in this moment feeling like, wow, I need to get real about this because this is the the falling away of uh, the internet in these peak moments is actually showing us a lot about how we relate to uh, the community, the group, relationships, Libra, right? The things that you figure out how to do either way because it, it motivates you and it turns you on and it moves you is really important to witness. And the way that you feel when you can't get those likes or that recognition or that attention is really important to witness. You actually might need to do some inner validation work you actually might need to do some work where you know and and I think so much of with social media too we're really using it to get something from people or to get people to think a certain thing about us right but then we're upset it doesn't convert we're not making the money we don't get as much likes we're it's unsatisfying well you know what it's because you could take the same exact actions how you gonna win if you ain't right within right like yeah you're posting shit but it's coming from a totally 
insecure or that needing a validation place, the energy is wrong. And that retrogrades are internal. So we're supposed to go inward and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Where have I been energetically leaking? That's why that person we talked about for a while, because it's like, holy shit, this is a major energy leak in my Libra relationships. Yeah. So I think with Dave Chappelle, you can totally see. So he's got a new special that came out on Netflix. Um, I didn't watch it. Did you watch? I haven't watched it yet. I've just been reading all the fallout from it. So he's been making a lot of jokes about the LGBT community for the past few specials that he has. Yeah, that's like been that's been a thing. Yeah. And all the jokes are very hack. I can see where there's some Mars stuff happening because he is stoking a war with the LGBT community, especially trans people. But even they're now, not look starting, at that. They're, they're not starting a war with him. Yeah, but because he's, he's in a war with himself about, right. about queer community because right. he's projecting whatever part of himself he is. You know what I mean? Like anytime yeah. that we have a specific, there's another guy that, that I follow. I've sent it to you before, but like out of nowhere, he has all, he's like a spiritual guy, but he all like every like week or so, every like two weeks, every 10 days or so, he, he goes on a tirade about like real men, real women. It's like all very transphobic shit. And then he goes on tirades about like, if you think this is transphobic, you're just in the matrix or whatever. And it's like, yo man, who is even talking about trans people? Like you're right. obsessed with trans people, not everybody. You're bringing it up. Like no one, like you're I... focusing on it. You're obsessed with it. Right. Like, so what he says, I'm going to read what Dave Chappelle says. He talks about um, JK Rowling. He says that he is team turf, which is a wild thing to say. What is turf? Um, turf. You do. Oh, turf. You don't know turf. It's, it stands for trans exclusionary radical feminist. So oh it's my God. Yeah. So there's two terms that are really useful when you're talking about and dissecting feminism, turf and swerf. Turf is trans exclusionary radical feminist. These words are so comedy. Twerf and twerf. Are you a twerf or a swerf? Like what? I think it's funny. I think the person who came up with it was funny. And then the second one, swerf is sex worker exclusionary radical feminist. So like- Oh my God, fuck the twerfs and the swerfs. Yeah. So the the people that, the women that I learned feminism from were swerfy. They were very swerfy. Like I alluded to a group chat that I was in where people were- uh, angry about the JLo and Shakira halftime show because Whoa. they thought it was too sexual and they oh don't think God. that's fe- they don't think that's feminism that's swerfy oh. feminism and then oh my god right and it's just so patriarchal at the end of the day it's like their brain yeah. they're they're, re- they're rejecting their own divine feminine femininity gift yeah. of being embodying the sexuality like it, it's such a that's why like, I'm loving Britney going like I'm going naked online because it's like, fuck you for thinking this is so risque. You've been paying me to be naked this whole time, dad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's swerfs and turfs are trans. A turf is someone who JK Rowling is a turf. She's very yeah, much yeah. like I'm a feminist. And it's interesting because I think a lot of feminists who dislike trans people or who who make a point of saying that being trans is, is not a woman. Right. And like sex and gender are different. It's like, yeah, we all fucking know that. We all know that sex and gender are different. Like no one's saying that they're not, but like, it's the fact that you're choosing to die on this hill that just makes it seem like you don't like trans people. And I think a lot of them, yeah, I think a lot of them, it comes from a place of trauma of feeling like they've been so victimized their entire life for being a woman. Mm -hmm. And then thinking that transgender women are just sort of 
appropriating the identity of womanhood. Got it. I think those, the women who believe, who think that way are traumatized. I think they've been like JK Rowling even wrote a big essay about it. And I think she talked about how she was like abused by her first husband and it, it's just to her. It, but that she was, views, but, sorry, go ahead. I guess, she, I guess she just views all men as like inherently having this power over women. So to her, it's wrong for someone who was born with male genitalia to become a woman. And it's like, that is such stupid black and white thinking. Like, I understand that you're traumatized and you're upset about something, but this has nothing to do with trans people whatsoever. Well, and and isn't that, again, like we're talking about the same thing as the internet going down, which is like, if you find that you're like super triggered about something that is external to you, it just means that you have unhealed trauma. You have something within you that you would rather not be with and, and that you don't have interest in healing. Right. Right. Like, right. It's like, it's right. like, it's not just being like, yeah, I was traumatized. It's like, okay, but if you're hanging your hat on trauma as your personality, then you're actually no matter what, not coming from a loving place. Oh my God. What an incredible point. I'm very smart. So what, what Dave Chappelle said is he said, oh, everyone says JK Rowling is a turf. I'm team turf. And then here's what he said that everyone's really getting mad about. And it's so funny because it's just not true. He said, gender is a fact. Every human being in this room, every human being on earth had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on earth. That is a fact. And it's like, yeah, but that's not gender. That's sex. It's different. Yeah. Like, well, that's what I'm saying though. It's, it's this, it's the, it's the refusal to learn the refusal yeah. to understand, which is, is the issue. It, right. If he had a good joke about trans people, I'm all for it. I got some trans friends that might even laugh if it was a good one. And like, even on the Munuel, like I, I have a trans friend and she is, she comes to the Munuels and we had to have a talk afterwards because I went on some rant about how men are inferior to women because not that they're inferior, but like the fact that all the men are lawmakers makes no sense because unless you've actually had the experience of having your period, you can't possibly understand. And you can't possibly understand the depth of emotion and the cyclical nature of the feminine, which all men are actually also embodying, but they're just disconnected from it, right? Yeah, so men have they, more hormonal mood swings throughout the month than women do. It's scientific. 100%. But they have no relationship with it. And in fact, the reason that all of this is now collapsing before our eyes is because from a place of not understanding yourself fully, what ends up happening is like men think that it's their job. That's why I was even saying to you, like, it's important for us to take breaks from comedy because it's like the idea that we would have to plow through actually honoring the parts of us that feel like we need to rest because otherwise we won't achieve or we won't be respected or we won't be, you know, known as a hard worker or, and it's like, no, if you have a period, if I'm cranky and fat the week before my period, but I don't relate to that as having anything, the amount of clients that call me and they're like, why am I having such a hard week? Why am I in such a bad mood? I can't stop crying. I'm breaking up with this guy. I'm so fucked up. And it's like, okay, let me ask you, do you, do you have your period? Are you about to get it? And they're like, oh yeah, ha 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 ha. And it's like, even as women, we disconnect from this. That's why the moon work is so important to me because I was taught when I was little, my mom, yeah, my mom taught me when I was little PMS isn't real, ignore it and pretend it's not there and you won't have it harmful, but it kind of works. It does work a little bit to just be like, I don't participate in this. Yeah. But, but you do participate in it. You just lie to yourself. So when you say shit like, yeah, I'm just so lazy. You're just actually participating in the patriarchy, talking shit about you and then getting you to push through it and ignore what's really going on for you. And then of course, you're oh, I think that's capitalism more so it's than like, the patriarchy. But capitalism is from the patriarchy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so what, what, what did your trans friend say about that? She said that it, it triggered her to hurt her feelings because it felt like I was not including her as a woman. And it was really interesting. We had a really a, a good conversation about it. And, and um, she actually is the girlfriend of someone who I'm very close to and uh, I work with for a long time. And, and we, she and I had a really long conversation about it. And it's interesting because like when we're talking, it, it's just like, even for me, it was, it was important that I got the note that it's not about like, I'm so flip being like, if you're a woman, you get it. Right. But, but actually what I was saying is if, if you have your period, you get it. And what I actually said to my trans friend is like, for the record, aside from you on a soul level and, and she's beautiful. That's the thing. She's like a hot woman, but it's like, if you actually, I think that's where a lot of turfness comes from too. I'm sure it does. A lot of trans women are way hotter than cis women because they get the surgery because it's a medical need. That's why my presidential platform is everyone gets 30 grand for plastic surgery. You saying all this right now with Nutella covering all of your teeth is incredible. (laughs) But if we could all be as hot as trans women, transphobia would disappear. Now it's like, now it's just between your two front teeth. (laughs) Better. (laughs) Whatever. I'm no, a person of Nutella teeth. What can I say? Yeah, you are, you're, you're, you're prone, you're Nutella. I don't know. Which, anyway, bottom line is what I realized is even when I talk about women versus men, it, I'm talking, what I was talking about first was, was, um, was sex and, and just natural sex. But then what I said to her is like, actually the truth is because you have actually done your own inner work, have identified that you're not just like a fucked up crazy guy who will never find love or who's going to hate yourself forever, that you actually uh, were brave enough to, uh, you know, expose your truth first to yourself, then to your family and now to the world. You've done that work of self-love. And if you're going to transition from either a woman to man or a man to woman, you take hormones that actually, so it's like, okay, no, maybe you don't get your period friend, but because every, every uh, two weeks you get hormone shots, she's on a cycle. She's yeah. on a, a hormonal cycle of estrogen, which is what women are experiencing. So, you know, and in fact, it's, it, I, sh- I should have said what you just said, which I did not know before. Molly, you truly are so inspirational and helpful and you changed oh my, my life. Stop. But really, it's like, even just to say to her, hey, you know what? Like you, maybe you haven't ever gotten a period, but not only do you inject yourself with hormones and cry, you know, in the same, in the same cycle that you would and probably get bloated and fat too, as a naturally born male, that part was in you all along. You just actually felt more connected to that. And that's why I don't, I'm not discluding you from the period conversation. I was just making more of, she understood. She wasn't mad. It was more, she didn't come at me like, cause I didn't, it wasn't, I wasn't saying anything transphobic. She just happens to be trans. And, and I, because it's the moon and it's a, it's a comedy show, but it's also a sort of a group healing thing. Yeah, It's yeah. important to me that it feels like a safe space. And I, and I want people to tell me, even if I'm not going to change my behavior, like I still stand by that, like inherently, if we're talking about women and men, not, not the, not the presentation, but if we're talking about lawmaking men, not understanding the feminine cycle, I stand by it. Okay. Yeah, it's a fact. It's, it's just a, a fact. fact. And, and yes, yes, Dave, it's a fact that uh, that people are born out of a vagina, thousand percent. You are right about that. But it's like, it's like, it, it, I don't know, to me, like, it was interesting because like, she wasn't even saying to me, like, you said it wrong or like, I, that was bad, but she just said it hurt, it hurt me. And we were able to just have a conversation where, where she was received. And I think that's part of yeah. where we're missing in the, in the trans and in the stands, what is it, the fluffs and the toughs conversation. The and the turfs. Is that like, it's that like, 
we're, we're people that are on the outside making blanket assumptions or making jokes or just saying things. And it's not necessarily that she, she wasn't going to tell me like, you're wrong because I'm a trans woman, but yeah. I still feel like I'm a natural woman. It's like, yeah, you are. But it's, it's that we don't give anybody a chance to just be heard and seen without this like judgment or like, like need to react or need to yeah. like, politicize. It's like, all she wanted was for me to understand that this, she was a person in the room that had a feeling when I said something. And all I said was, oh my gosh, I totally hear that. And, and then, yeah. and it was fine. So much of it is just shortcomings within our language. Like if yep. we had, if we naturally had a third pronoun that we were already comfortable using, no one would give a fuck about pronouns. Like, 1, and, and, if, and the real irony is that like, if this isn't, if we're talking about biology or sex, it is a fact also that gender and sexuality are not actually they're not the like, same thing. They're not the same thing. And heteronormative culture is actually in all of history, not normal. Even when we look at, even yeah, when we heteronormative at, culture is new. Right. Even it's so interesting because I was doing all this soulmate astrology research, you know, when I noticed something and I uh, was reading about the different soulmate couples in asteroids. Remarkably, even Zeus, the baddest bitch of them all, the king, the one who had all the harem of women. When you look at Zeus in the chart and you want to find Zeus's soulmate partner, it's Ganymede. It's a man. Yeah. That, everybody yeah. had everybody not everybody but but sexuality back in the day uh and, and, and in the cultures that we study and in the mythology that we attach ourselves to and that literally astrology and and all of the all of it was um was bisexual in nature and was trans in nature not necessarily being like transgender fluid. Trans, it was fluid fluid is what i'm trying to say it was yeah. fluid and these stories are archetypal because they are uh it's, it's human. The reason stories become archetypal is because it embodies something that is inherently human in all of us. And I get why trans women are like annoyed when they hear people say women have periods. I totally get it. And I also get why older people who aren't so up on it get annoyed when they hear people say a period is not a womanly thing, especially people who are older than us who were like it, like our mom's generation they couldn't talk about having a period dude like, my mom did, told me to talk about it when my mom got her period she said it was a because like I remember when I got my period my mother was over the top supportive and I got mad at her for it I'm like Sam, you know and then we had to talk about it and she said like the reason that she was like particularly that way was because her experience was so opposite when my mom got her period my grandmother did not say grandma I know you're here lol I'm in her house that's I'm smoking to channel her but um, hmm. she literally didn't say a word to her about it. She handed her what, at the time, I guess they used like, it was oh, like the a belt. The, the belt. belt. She handed her a belt and like a diaper and was like, here, just put this on. <laughs> and then, and that was it. And that was it. And my mother also had yes. two sisters that she didn't even know to mention it to because she literally did not know what was going on. Yeah, when I got my period, I thought I was dying. And then my mom said, you're a woman now. I was 11 years old. I was like, what do I need to get a job? I mean, no wonder I gave someone a blowjob too soon. She was soon. like, yeah, you do. Go walk the beach at 5 a.m. Exactly. But so I, I do get why like women in our mom's generation, they sort of felt like they were only allowed to start talking about their periods in the latter half of their lives. It only became socially acceptable fairly recently. So then to hear someone say, no, that's not part of being a woman. It's something different. I get why that's jarring for them. I really do. But 
you got just talk to people and understand why they feel each way. Like yep. you, you can under, you can feel weird about it. And you can also research why trans women feel weird about it. Like 100 or, or right. Or both, right. If we all be true. Want, if we both can be true and both are true. And if we weren't so defensive and addicted and just quick to just jump, that's why that Van Gogh exhibit triggered me so much. I loved it. I loved everything about it, except I was struck by how many of the big quotes that were being, you know, blasted through LED screens were like, I walk with you to find out if you have the same opinion as me. And it's like, I don't, to, to, to think that I'm just looking for people who align with my views is like the no. most cowardly thing. I would much rather be engaged in debate. And I would much rather, I even told you like from, from the last time we spoke about the, the uh, Gabby Petito story to now, I had a perspective shift. Thank God mm-hmm. that we had differing opinions because as a result, we understood each other more, got to feel more seen and got to change things that maybe in our lives were uh, something that we didn't have the um, language or perspective or, you know, you only know what you know, you know, I, that's why I also don't blame people when they're coming from particularly ignorant backgrounds, or even like I was talking about on the moon, like, I'm not saying that like everybody that that's gotten me too needs to be forgiven necessarily. And there's a huge difference between like, just totally abusive, violent behavior versus, you know, I was raised in a world where the bros call each other fags and you got fingered under the blanket at a pillow if you were pretty. And if you, I got home, if I didn't get fingered at a, at a house party, pretty. no, I would literally as a kid, if I didn't get fingered at a house party by someone I wasn't sure I was going to even see that night, I would be like, did I not look pretty? I didn't know any better. That's the 2000s. That's that 2000s culture. We grew no, up in such a crazy time. It was this collision of like pretend sexual openness. Is anyone going to finger me at this party? And everyone still, yeah, like sexist and horrific as fuck, crazy. I want to say one more time why what Dave Chappelle said is so stupid. Gender is a fact, he said. Yes, sure, gender is a fact. That's true. Like there are different genders. There's a spectrum spectrum of gender. There are different genders. Then he said, every human being in this room, every human being on earth had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on earth. That's not gender. That's That's not not gender that's sex that's mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. like you're so stupid and, and right, so it's uneducated not it's, it's not gender it's not sexuality it isn't um it has nothing to do with presentation whatsoever and it has nothing to do with the way that the world treats you it's just actually like biology right you're talking and about science like, yeah and that's the thing it's like if you are a comic and you're saying something a little bit spicy it only holds up if what's backing it is true and the audience knows it to be true. Yes. And the only people who think that's true, who think that gender is what's between your legs. I learned that that wasn't true in second grade. In second grade, I learned my teacher said gender and sex are two different things. Gender is how you present yourself to the world and how the world treats you. Sex is what's between your legs. It's not complicated but he's like how old and he doesn't get it it's crazy because that's where it becomes like a social issue and that's why it's happening right now because all the retrograde planets and all of the air signs really asking us how we are going to be doing social issues moving forward are what is being highlighted and so we're having this conversation and it's like even like his other specials there, there didn't seem to be as big of a backlash from this and now to be fair this doesn't mean that i am anti dave chappelle either or that I don't think he's funny when he's funny. It's that it's, it's, it's like, 
I think the larger, larger, larger issue actually is are we able to engage in meaningful conversation about things, even if we're on the wrong side? The, the issue is, is that Dave Chappelle is putting this shit out there and then going, and I don't want to talk about it and don't give me any feedback. It's like, to me, if yeah. you want to be a public figure in any which way, it means that you are starting conversations, not ending them. Yeah, exactly. I also can like some of, I haven't watched the full special yet, but I'm sure that I'm going to, watch it and I'm gonna like certain parts of it and yeah, he's he's great when he's not coming from a hateful fucking place yeah but that's the fact he's coming from a hateful place and you can tell jokes about like controversial subjects and things that could rub people the wrong way that don't come from a hateful place like Absolutely. there was a guy at the show I was at last night who I don't want to say his joke but he did a joke about like how he's the most likely person in the world world to kill his wife. And it was fucking funny. It was like very funny. And I'm like, right. If it actually was funny, then it was well done. Well, and, and even that though, something like that can be funny because it is such, unless you're like, wow, he's being literal. This guy's a danger to his wife. There's something inherently human about that feeling, even without knowing the joke. That's not something, if there's something funny about it, it breaks a very natural tension. He wasn't saying, I hate my wife, I'm going to kill her. He was saying, oh my God, isn't this so crazy that statistically this is the truth? And it's like, yeah, that is fucking crazy. And it feels good to laugh at it because Mm -hmm. it's crazy and we don't know how to comprehend it. So Mm -hmm. the other thing that Dave Chappelle said that I also, uh, that I actually thought was a little bit of a funny joke, but also falls apart on closer inspection. He was talking about DaBaby. Remember that rapper DaBaby who- Oh, of of course I remember DaBaby. Yeah, canceled for what he said like all gay as gay fans of HIV or something really. Yeah, and then I think didn't he also get God for liking the babies? I think he was also like pedo. Oh, was he? Well, see, this is this is another example of like you made a sweeping statement that's not true, and that's why immediately people booed you. So apparently, the baby also killed someone at a Walmart. Okay, this guy actually has some issues. Yeah, and so Dave Chappelle's joke which I will say is funny and I like it in our country, you can, and I'm, I'm bleeping out some words that I'm not allowed to say. Say Say bleep. In our country, you can shoot and kill a bleep, but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. Because he's saying the baby didn't get canceled for shooting someone. He got canceled for saying something homophobic, which is kind of which, funny. And that's a very, but that's a funny social commentary. It's not actually yeah. like a loaded statement. It's, 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 a, it's, that's what comedy is at its best. Like true facts juxtaposed in a way that show where there is, uh, you know, the humor is in the, 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 the mismatch. Right, exactly. But, and then I would say, well, you know, he got canceled. If he shot and killed someone on stage at the Rolling Loud Festival, he would have also been canceled. He right, just, I mean, the, the immediate joke that popped into my head is now I'm in Florida, there's a Walmart around the corner. I, I'm, I'm likely to kill someone in Walmart too. And you'll probably get canceled instead for something you said on this podcast. Right. Like he- Luckily our audience isn't that big yet. Silver lining. Yeah. Also, no one knew who DeBaby was before he said that homophobic shit. Right. I think what's funny is like, this whole idea of getting canceled, you have to be famous for it to happen. So yeah. it's like actually what made baby famous was him being homophobic. And now, of course, he he is like losing all of the opportunities or whatever, which is- I would love to hear sense. a statement from the baby doe that was like in, more in the vein of the Kardashians, which was like, yeah, I, I, I needed the followers. I know, I know. Like he should like, own it and be like, yeah, I was gaming the system, bros. Like you've created this fucked up world. And so like, I'm gonna, this is my version of a sex tape. 
Yeah, like I'm sure some people liked him, but was he, he was not going to be the next Kanye, you know, or the next Jay-Z, and he's you know what I mean? One. Yeah, but so I, I did think that joke was funny, but so then Chappelle went to um, this performance at the Hollywood Bowl. He basically, it was like a live scr- uh, screening of his comedy special. And he did this whole thing. He talked about cancel culture. He thought it, he talked about how he's been canceled. Okay, but he also canceled himself. Okay, so listen, he goes, if this is what being canceled is like, I love it. And here's who was in the audience for his Netflix special. Brad Pitt, Tiffany Haddish, John L. Rawlings, and like a million other big people. Uh, Stevie Wonder was there. Jeff Ross, Snoop Dogg, Nas, John Hamm. You're not canceled. You're not canceled. You're not, well, he's, he. not only is he not canceled, but if you want to talk about getting famous on something, the most famous thing he ever did was cancel himself at the height of his yeah. fame. Right. It's like, man, of course this guy loves being canceled. He, 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 he's like, cancel me. But he's also not canceled. He's, he's been trying to get canceled this whole time and can't get canceled. He can't, that's so funny. He can't get canceled. He's uncancelable. His entire crowd at this show is full of A-listers. Right, if Brad Pitt is at your show, you're not canceled. You're right. fine. Like, and your 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 new special is on Netflix. Like, you're doing great. You're doing. Right. You're not canceled. Couldn't, couldn't be less canceled. Right, like the baby is canceled. Yeah, you're not fucking canceled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was annoying. And then but okay. the other- oh, sorry. The final annoying thing he did, he said, um, I'm telling you, it's done. I'm done talking about it, about the LGBT community. Because he said he did another thing. Every special now, he does a joke about how he can't keep all the initials for LGBT straight. And it's like, this is the most hack joke. Everybody, everybody. And, and actually, if you were doing this joke in 2012, like I remember Adam Friedland had a joke and it was very early on it. And it was something like, he just basically put BLT at the end. And it was the punchline was BLT. Um, and it was very funny, but it was just, it was, it was like when we just started changing Just it. started saying it, yeah. Right, it, this is like almost a decade later. I've been man. to so many open mics where they make a joke about how LGBT is too many initials. It's literally the most, and it's right. And that's why it's not a good joke because it's actually just an obvious thing is so coming obvious. from a loving place and there's no punchline so he had said i'm telling you it's done i'm done talking about it all i ask of your community with all humility will you please stop punching down on my people how many have how many trans cops killing black people have we heard about right and i don't know well, what like, trans people are are like yeah like yeah like we hate black people like that's all right am i phobic if i do a voice i was just trying to be someone that wasn't me like what what trans people have made racism their platform right and also there are so many trans black people this is a very hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tender issue in our culture, period. So I understand where there is uh, defensiveness and fear. And I understand where maybe there is some background of of cultural shaming or fear when it's like, hey, we're finally free. Don't fuck it up. I think it comes from the same place that being a turf comes from, where it's like, like black men in particular have been oppressed in a particular way that sort of strips away their manliness in the United States. And so whenever they see, whenever people see a black man who's behaving in a not completely cisgender heteronormative way they feel like that person's a traitor in the Mm -hmm, same way that mm -hmm. yes yes yes. in the same way that transphobes feel that a transgender woman is not a real woman like I think I think it's that it's it's coming from a place of trauma is what I'm saying and that's not to absolutely absolutely to understand it but we talked about this before. I do feel uncancelable, not because I'm not going to say anything that is a cancelable offense, but it's because I'm actually trying to come from a place of love and understanding. And if I don't understand and somebody comes to me and lets me know that I misunderstood, then I want to know, like, like I'll, I'll take the feedback. The issue with Chappelle is that instead of taking the feedback from the last few specials that he's gotten this pushback on, he is, it's like when you're trying to fight with someone who's still fucking angry and they can't hear you. It's like, he's insulted that anybody in the first place tried to challenge his jokes or his views or whatever. And instead of going, I wonder if there's something to this, he's like, I'm going to double down on it. Have me down as the homophobe, have me down as the transphobe. And it's like, Okay, but like, why? Does that feel good? Why? What's going on? Yeah, and it's weird that he thinks that people who get mad at him for being homophobic are punching down on his people. Right. It's like, no, like your people is not synonymous with homophobia. Right, you, like, there's a lot of your people who are trans. Right, like you're not representing every single person. It's Thousand very, percent. It's very weird. So Kim Kardashian is hosting Saturday Night Live this week. I think it's going to be so good. I think it's going to be like their highest rated episode in years. Like The only other one that I watched was Elon. Like this will be the only one that I actually want to watch the clips for and and would like to tune in for because I'm so excited to see Kim. Right. There's never been a Kardashian hosting SNL. I think it's she and she we talked about this last week or the week before she gets it. She's in on the joke about herself. Now, what I love about this is this report on TMZ that a bunch of comics are helping Kim to perfect her monologue and, and understand love to see it. I love it. Dave Chappelle, who we just talked about. I wonder if he's going to be like, why don't you say that like women are women and men are men? No. Yeah. He's going to be giving her like, she's actually just trusting the, the comedy scripts that she's getting. And she's going to be up there doing her monologue in the teleprompter. Like, yeah, there's going to be some, well, Chappelle wrote it. Like just say, yeah. that's so but funny so to think about. That's Dave a funny Chappelle- sketch. That's a funny sketch of like Chappelle, like throwing notes in while she's like live. I like that. 
Yeah. Him, Michelle Wolf, Ellen DeGeneres, Amy Schumer, and James Corden. James Corden. They are all helping Kim with her preparation. And I really like this because it just shows that when you are genuinely funny and you're a real comic, there is no gatekeeping. You want to help people be funnier. Like Deborah Messing last week was what we talked about. She was gatekeeping. She was like, Kim Kardashian shouldn't be hosting Saturday Night Live. And it's like, okay, but also like, you're not even funny. You were the straight the straight woman and by which I don't mean sexuality. I mean, in the old school Catskills right. humor, the straight man is the, right. the you were on the sitcom as the straight man. She was, yeah, the like, Bert. she was the Bert instead of the Ernie. Exactly. Like you, the odd couple funny. straight man, right? You, you were the Felix. You Mulally were not- was the comedian on the show. That's why you hate her. Right. Exactly. So it's like, why are you gatekeeping comedy? And then all of these heavy hitters are helping Kim. They're trying to help Kim be funnier because all they care about is things being funny. I just loved that. I I just thought that was really nice. That was a nice little bit of like harmony in this week of weird, murky, crazy, mercury retrograde stuff. Right. Thousand percent. I love that story. And I also just think like, you know, ultimately what we're talking about at the end of the day is like confidence. And it's like, I just think, yeah, there's no competition when it comes to people that really are grounded in their talent and centered in their talent. And yeah, like it's, it's the way the world should be, which is that like we lift each other up and we share our gifts so that everybody has a better experience. Not that we like hoard our gifts and then, and, and stand firm on the beliefs that we think make us right. It's like, do you want to be happy? You want to be right. Right. Exactly. And I'm sure if Dave Chappelle wasn't friends with Kanye, I don't know if he would be doing this. I think he would only because he is, despite all things, he's a fame whore. He loves his celebrity. He loves being a celebrity. That's true. But I just think- And he loves hot women. Natural born hot women. That's (laughs) Only. Well, Kim is natural born hot, but she's denaturalized and she's still hot. But Except did you see she got her butt butt implants out? I don't think she ever had implants. She had BBL. Well, whatever it was, she she got it removed. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I'm happy. It was a little, yeah. mu- it, was a bit, it was a bit much, but I, I think much. it was a bit much, Ooh. but I think if, if Dave Chappelle wasn't great friends with Kanye, he would be making yeah. fun of the Kardashians. I mean, yeah, honestly, maybe, maybe that might be true. That might be true. Probably the reason why he's taking aim at all the LGBT people is that he can't make fun of celebrities anymore because he values their opinion too much. And he's Whoa, like, right. And, and that's why he's even using the terms punching down so freely because the man is punching down he doesn't want to punch up because he wants yeah, to, yeah it's fucked up yeah. so also last thing to say about kim on snl the producers and cast have told tmz that kim is actually exceeding the expectations they had for someone without any experience in the comedy world i cannot wait actually let me just say that when I was listening to that even the rich deep dive of like the behind the scenes of the behind the scenes of the Kardashians, Kim is a very natural comedian, actually. And she they they said on that podcast that a lot of times during the show, she would do something really funny or she would go for like a, a like she was acting to whatever degree and that she would say, like, can we do another take? I want to do that like like I want to cry hard like she was very aware of cry face she's she actually knows what's funny she's she has been like catfishing us all with like oh she's just this bimbo like reality star famous for nothing no she's really talented she's really pretty she actually uh saw a developing medium in its infancy and used a lot of talent to 
you know, they always say like, in order to be a performer, in order to be a bad singer, you have to actually be a good, like, if you want to be a performer doing bad performance, you have to be a very good performer. Otherwise it's just like unwatchable or you wouldn't even register. It'd be like, oh, she's not a good, like, like, uh, for example, um, uh, Cameron Diaz in my best friend's wedding, when she does the moment, the, the, that horrible rendition of, or Elaine, Elaine dancing in Seinfeld. Elaine dancing. If Elaine dancing, Elaine dancing being as iconic as it was is only great because she's an incredible talent. Cameron yeah. Diaz is an incredible talent. That's why that's such an iconic scene. If you actually are doing things, uh, quote unquote, poorly on camera, it's because you actually are doing a bit. Yeah, it's so true. And I think it's so funny when, when actors shit on reality stars because I'm like the only difference is that you read lines and they don't like thousand percent it's like you and it's like you wish you could be you wish it was that easy to just be yourself right like movie stars I mean a stage actor is different a movie star is truly getting by on charisma alone and there's nothing wrong with that well and hotness and and attractiveness it's like attractiveness and the willingness to forego any actual intimacy like like, or you have to be intimate to be a very good actor, but, but it's like in the, it's in costume, like in a lot of ways, it's more guarded than, than doing what Kim has done. Right. Exactly. I would never, ever, ever date an actor ever. <laughs> yeah. They're not my favorite. Beanie Feldstein playing Fanny Bryce in the new Barbara Streisand thing. And I mean, I, I find it really interesting that you and I have never talked about funny girl I before. Can't- believe no I'm sending you clips like you didn't know I know you were sending you were like wait just watch this and I'm like oh I watched it Molly I will send you some of the videos that I did not post I'm and this wasn't crying because I'm lonely but funny girl affects me in a way that is hard to actually explain Me, me too the minute I just read funny girl I got I was tearing up and I was like, I just have to watch real quick. And actually, I watched the trailer. So she's, she's so Beanie. Beanie so let's uh, explain. She, yeah, 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 it's a, it's Go coming ahead. back to Broadway. There were rumors that Lady Gaga was going to play Fanny Bryce, which would have been, I would love to see that. I'd like I to would, hear her voice. I'd like to hear her do like, I'm the greatest star. But I also talking. like, her voice is so strained to me. I don't know. She always mm. sounds like pushing so hard, but I still would have yeah. liked to have seen it but um I think it was probably a better career move that she didn't because she already did the Barbara Streisand cosplay in A Star is Born that's right like you can't really EGOT because Gaga clearly wants to EGOT Cynthia that's such a no I you you cannot EGOT Streisand yeah you can't EGOT by cosplaying someone else like one that is such a great call I didn't even think of that yeah, and I think she was hoping to be the youngest ever EGOT, and then Cynthia Revo beat her, and she kind of realized, okay, I'm not going to be the youngest, so I might as well space it out. So, so Gaga's not doing got this. Yeah, exactly. And then there was rumors that Leah Michelle was going to be it, which I actually would love to see. Even now, though I know, yeah, she she could probably she probably has the range. She has the range. She probably does and have the like, local range. Everyone knows she's a bitch, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, Fanny I wasn't a bitch. Fanny was not a bitch. I know, but I think it would be interesting to see someone bring that energy to that part. Like, I think it would be a different read on the part because, so Beanie Feldstein is doing it. Beanie Feldstein is from Booksmart. She is Jonah Hill's sister. And she's now playing Monica Lewinsky in the new FX American Crime Story. And 
I have a whole new perspective on her. Like even find for her to even be cast in this role means she this is one of the most challenging vocal scores. Anybody yeah. doing Streisand is taking a huge risk because Streisand is the number one greatest of all time. Period, 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 period. No one's ever been better. But she's the greatest star. She's the greatest star. She is by far. And no one knows yeah. it, but now we do. So, so I'm really excited. I was actually pissed. I didn't realize it was, I had not heard this news. So when I woke up to this text, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, give me a trailer. So I'm watching the trailer and it's just like, I'm back or whatever. And then I was looking for vocals and it's like, oh, it's not a movie. I thought it was going to be like a movie version. It's Broadway, which I'm, if I have to go back to the Northeast for anything, it is to see Funny Girl Live just because I, this show is, it is like more important to me than, I don't, I don't think there is a piece of, um, film or television or Broadway that has that has formed so much of who I am today. Other like Funny Girl is if you want to know who Sarah is and why she acts this way, you need to watch Funny Girl explains every single thing about me. Why do we love Funny Girl? Well, because number one, not nearly enough people are listening to the Space Trash podcast. Wait, I am the greatest podcast. Greatest. Actually, like, so of course you said that. And I spent the morning singing and dancing and recording myself. I used to watch it all the time with my mom and my sister. And when I was little, my mom loved to remind me that I had a big nose. And (laughs) she would tell me. You should be ashamed of your period and your face. Exactly. Of course you're self-hated. Come on. Exactly. And she would watch Funny Girl and she'd be like, see? She never touched her nose and she was a huge star. Well, and actually, like, that is such an important, she is right about that. Right. But also I wouldn't have known I had a big nose if my mom <laughs> hadn't know. told me. I have the biggest like, nose. It's not even and that no big. no one knows it. <laughs> I right, didn't like, know it. I mean, it's not even that big. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's Roman. It's a Roman nose, it's but it's. a great nose though. I'd blow my horn. Yep. Yeah. But so that was like a huge part. Me and my mom, my sister would always watch it. Um, And it was just all about my mom's whole second wave feminism, vaguely swerfy crusade of personality and brains are all that matters. And your appearance has nothing to do with it, which is its own agenda in a a weird way. But yeah, but I love it. And when Nick and I first started dating, he lived in, um, Murray Hill and I lived in Williamsburg and I would take the ferry after every time I stayed over his house I would take the ferry back home to Brooklyn and I would I would blast don't rain on my parade because oh in- my no the amount that that comes up even in my like literally anytime I want to do something and like someone says no I'm like don't tell me not to fill not so good how so could you fucking good shoes? That's the thing. Like, I'm like, okay, so the, the trailer with Beanie Feldstein, you're watching it, and it's like, it's like, no one ever said she could be a star. No one ever said, said whatever. And then the, the really iconic line, and me and my friend Greta would say this to us, to each other all the time. Oh my God, oh, let me hear your version. Wait, do it. Wait, sorry, I'm interrupting. Yeah, let's do it. Hello, gorgeous. Pretty good, Ma. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, me, uh, yeah. It's also sealed yeah. my love of leopard print and acrylics that opening scene. Oh, no, she's full permission giving in that movie. And she has a, she has 
a stipulation in every contract of every movie that she's allowed to have acrylics and she's allowed to have fake nails because if you ever notice a movie, I I have acrylics 24 seven. It's a huge part of my life. And if you ever look at any other movie, they, the women always have plain nails with no manicure and no polish for continuity reasons. And Barbara's the only one who's like, fuck you. I'm doing what I want. Okay. So now you do hello. Well, she's like the ultimate in like Jap goals. Like she is the Jewish woman's LeBron. Like she honestly is like, I mean, even, even like, do you read that she cloned her? So she has a, she had a dog that she was so in love with. And right before it died, she, she stole its DNA. And now all of her dogs, it wasn't born out of a woman's vagina, Dave. It was actually made in the lab, and she just she has now four versions of her old dog that was about no, to die. No, it must have been it must have been gestated in a uterus. Oh though. yeah, maybe yeah, there was maybe there was a surrogate. There must have been. Yeah, that's funny to think they were like in petri dishes. I have no idea. I'm not a scientist, but <laughs> I do love that Wait, about her. I also feel like she's not a jap though because she was like no, like, she's going. I'm demanding X, Y, and Z. I'm not changing my face, and I'm the most fucking talented worker around me. Is the jappiest shit I ever heard. Yes, definitely. But also, she was like dirt poor growing up. I'm dirt poor right now. I am jappy as hell. I know, but you grew up thinking you were right. Rich. I guess you're right. Right. It's okay. So right. It's not jappy because she, she, I she guess it's now. just like Jewish. She's just like Jewish woman. Like it's like, it's like why people hate, but also fear the Jewish woman because it's like yeah. rich or poor. We have a lot of, we're high maintenance. We're talented and not who to fight with. I'll tell you that. Yeah, exactly. So you do your hello gorgeous now. Hello gorgeous. I think yours is better. Hello, gorgeous. Hello, gorgeous. Hello, gorgeous. I think that the finale, I I think that movie is why I remain in, like, I don't let people break up with me uh, in the course of history. That's why it's like, no, I'm not polyamorous. I just have to date someone else while the person that I think I'm dating is not dating me anymore, right? But like, no, I do not let go. I, if I love you, I will fight until the death. And you have to, like, it, it takes forever for me to even, acknowledge a breakup like I I just I people break up with me and I'm like no um you gotta find yourself a Scorpio oh yeah I gotta find myself just or just like somebody normal but like I will say that 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 relationship which was the relationship with the guy was fantasy goals of mine I mean he's this like tall dark gorgeous handsome guy but then he's like sort of but then he's a con artist you know on some level that is where there is sort of you know I I do like a little bit of a criminal here and there like a crime you like I like a crime and I like that he was kind of like lived on the edge but then he's like in prison and and he doesn't he says I don't love you anymore because but but she knows it's like every time I get broken up with I'm like oh they say they don't love me but like they're just having they're going through it or they're having which in many cases is true it doesn't mean the relationship should continue I'm not necessarily always getting dumped because that's my man when she I have wept. oh my man I love him so, love him so. He'll He'll never never know. Know. all my life is just despair, just despair. But, but I don't, I don't care. care when he takes me in his arms no I can't cost me a lot you know that her going I don't give a fuck if I'm Fanny Bryce I got everything I wanted at the end of the day I am hanging in there with my my incarcerated says he doesn't love me hot guy if that is not all my issues it's all my issues because it's also that feeling that I do have and I think we both have it it's a very Capricorn thing but long term we're playing the long game and it will work out but Fanny Bryce is the story of the person who feels so talented and I don't, I wouldn't even dare do it because I grew up in such a Broadway town that I actually like, if I'm with normal people, they're like, Whoa, you can really sing. But because I was with people that were like, like Dana Jones, 
Dana Jones from the Moonyul was got a Tony nomination. You know what I mean? I'm with, Josh was on Broadway when I was, so I date, I'm with actual people that are so superior to me that I have a sense of, that's like, I don't even want to sing for real on this right now because I, I am, I'm like, no, like they'll know that I'm not Broadway good or whatever. I don't know how we never talked about this before because one of my best friends growing up, Jess, she might be listening. She might not. She is so talented. She could have been on Broadway for sure. And it made me think for so many years, I was like, well, I'm not Jess. So like, why try? Right. Why bother? Dude, well, that's like the whole thing, right? And I do think long-term, that's also why we should get our, you know, when we are more, after these retrogrades will be more clear, but like we are doing musicals. What can you tell me about the charts of Barbara Streisand, Rags to Riches, absurdly talented, quintuple, sextuple threat versus Beanie Feldstein, nepotism sibling? Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, but you're wrong because have you watched the Lewinsky show on, on FX? No, we don't have it here. Okay. I'm just going to send you some YouTube clips to watch. She is killing it. It is not cosplay. She is doing a character who is still alive today. Who could have picked anyone on the planet to portray her? And Beanie actually on first brush doesn't even look that much like Monica. Not right. only in this show, and she's still at the be- at the very beginning. I was like, oh, she doesn't even look like her. No, now I'm a few episodes in, and I'm blown away. But I'm she's also like, okay, incredible Monica job. Lewinsky. It is so hard to play someone who's alive and have them like it. Monica is like praising her. I don't think it's that hard. I think in order to have the person like it, you actually have to be doing a less good portrayal of the person. Just as someone who, yeah, is- but Monica is the producer of this. She cast her herself. Right. I don't think that's good. I think it needs to be a third party. Just as someone who has interviewed and written about many, many people in my day, they never like it when you present them accurately. See, I'm going the other way though, where I'm like, if I am going to have anybody do me, I'm just going to be Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) Like, it's like, I'm not, I don't, I want you to remember me way hotter, way more down. I don't think Beanie Feldstein is hotter or less hot than Monica Lewinsky. I just don't think she Uh, has the vibe. Monica's hot. Yeah, but also like Monica has a nose, Barbara has a nose, Beanie Feldstein's got the little ski slope, and that is what mm-hmm. makes me like. Do you understand, Sarah? Is, what a con- she listen to attractive. listen. She's not attractive. I think she's very cute. Like she is like very cute, and she doesn't have the same. Like there's a different thing between having a really cute face and being a bigger girl versus having sort of a weird face and still being skinny because Mm. like there's no level of skinniness that can fix your face do you know what I mean that's how I felt growing Mm. up at least and so I had such a complex about my nose and my face that's so crazy to me your nose is perfect I have a Jew face you are just pretty a lot of people think I'm Jewish well, that's a huge compliment. We're the best. I know. I love it when people ask me that. I'm like, thank you. Finally, someone thinks I seem smart and like <laughs> funny as opposed to just people who think I'm, a, you know, super dits. But this so I, when I was growing up, I had such a complex about my nose that I convinced myself anyone with a button nose was a perfect 10. Do you know what I mean? I had so- this. Oh, no. I used to do this in the mirror all the time. Oh my God. Me too. I one time taped, I one time taped the tip of my nose to my forehead just as, and I would call myself Mackenzie. And my mom has the perfect little button nose too. Yeah. My dad and my grandma, my, my whole father's side doesn't look Jewish. My mother's side screams Jewish and I'm much more of a cutler than an armor, but 
Yeah, my my and my cousins who are Jewish. Wait, 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 wait. Your Tiny parents' nose. last names are Cutler and Armor. Very blue collar. Let me think about it. No, not blue collar. Like Freudian, hilarious. <laughs> Cutting through armor, Cutler <gasps> armor. Wow, and, and that's so the dynamic of my parents' relationship. Yeah, that's so funny. And my father's like so Scorpio guarded, and my mother's so Aquarius, Gemini, Leo. Like, sorry, my house. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious. But wow. that, that's why, like, so when I see Beanie Feldstein getting cast as. Barbara Streisand, Monica Lewinsky. I'm like, no, this is not the right nose for this person. That's a big pet peeve of mine. Like Sarah Silverman. Yeah, I can see that, right. And so much of the show is about her nose. I wonder if they'll use a prosthetic actually, because even lyrically, the nose is a character in the show. Cut our nose with deviations. Such a crime against the nation. Bro, bro. yes, yes. Yes. Like, yeah, she doesn't have a nose with deviation like she doesn't have it I want to see a prosthetic on Beanie but you but dude if she won over Leah Michelle who we know is a great vocalist Beanie must I think she's showing herself to be a fantastic actor she tried to get out of the nepotism thing by by having a different name and keep oh that's even more bullshit than having the same name though sorry sorry either way she must Okay, Lewinsky maybe isn't the, I think she's doing a great job. I'll send you some clips. You can let me know what you think. But she has, this is a vocally challenging show. They are not going to put this up if she can't do it. I'm excited to see yeah. her do it. We're going to know why she's not a nep. This is a, and then and, and also the difference between doing, and this is not a knock, all the actors that listen, I know, I know. To, do, to be able to do Broadway, you are, that is a, a completely different level of talent oh, when you're doing, when yeah. you're doing film and television you say three three words at a time you can cut it you that's why kim can go roll it back roll it back right yeah you, like, you say three words and you get a three-hour break it's three wild hour break, like, there's craft services and you can try again if you fucking suck right you don't even have to memorize the lines to carry seven plus shows a week of i mean that is broadway performers are athletes it's like, a triathlon it is a triathlon. They're the most athletic and endurance built. And, and to, to maintain your vote, to sing at that level for hours on end, take a 15 minute break where everybody, you know, it's, it's a shitty life. But then to go and perform to a, to a theater every day to fill the stage with your voice. And in this role, she's, she's like the only one that sings in the whole fucking show. The, the whole movie is That's just true. an operetta of Barbara's talent. I am so excited to see Beanie even try. What a huge honor to be cast. I know, but I'm just like, I know that when I go see it, I'm just going to be like, why isn't this Barbara Streisand? Well, that's the, that, that's why I was so, I was like, give me a clip, give me a musical clip because I was yeah. so ready to just already like be like, but she's not Barbara. But I think- Is that- anyone as talented as Barbara Streisand? No, period. Yeah, just no. no. Like no. I'm trying to think of like, even the vocalists today are- the only good new vocalist really is Ariana Grande. I was just going to say Ariana Grande is the only one with that kind of natural God-given gift talent. I mean, Ariana, even without vocals, when you see clips of her as like a baby singing in the car seat, she's crushing. Like, and I do yeah. think, Ari- like, I would actually, I wouldn't want to see Ariana in this again, way too little, too, no nose. She doesn't even have a nose, but I would love to hear Nose Ari- job. She had a nose job. She did? Mm-hmm. Oh my 
God. She had a nose job and she darkens her skin and she lightens her hair. She's just going every. She's oh, like, man. Well, that's child stars have a real weird uh, concept, sense of self. Well, you know? know, her mom is like a super successful business lady and like really? sort of put her in the prime position to be a big star, which I don't I think even if she wasn't, I think Ariana's voice is undeniable. I mean, she, mm-hmm. that range. So before Mariah, there was, there was Streisand and like, maybe like Mariah Carey and Celine Dion on some level. Although I don't think Mariah or Celine can act for shit and they cannot dance for shit. Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston, but same thing. It's well, actually no, Whitney Houston perhaps was on the level. I will if say that. If someone was to do a funny yes. girl with Whitney Houston. Oh, oh. my God. Yeah, you know who I be. also think does have talent, real, really, really, really that has talent that translates. I think Jennifer Hudson is incredible. Mm-hmm. I think she's yeah. really, really good. I mean, she is. She to me, she changed the way that I felt about reality TV stars, like having that be their in. Because not only did she not win, which she's is like the fine. only one. She's the only well, one. Clarkson actually level. has real pipes. Yeah, and but- they both were not the winners. But it's like I do think like they had to do something to, to get this platform. And then they are these undone. No, Kelly can really sing, but she's, you know, I don't, I don't think she can dance. Jennifer is a great actor. Yeah. She, she's she is. a dream girls. If you got, have you seen dream girls? The, the yeah, of course, if you're uh, ruffling, that's Beyonce's. my number two dream girls. And I'm shocked that I liked the, the, the movie as much. The dream girls movie is astonishing. Jamie Foxx, yes. incredible talent. Listen, if you are ruffling Beyonce's feathers, you know that you're fucking talented. Oh, fucking yeah, man. No, she upstaged her straight up. When you yeah. can play Effie and versus Beyonce, oh. And even her song, like no one cared about Beyonce's song that she made I in that. Like, changing. I think I even referenced it at the beginning of this musical. Trying every way I can. And then li- listen, I am alone at a crossroads. crossroads. I am I'm not at home. My own home. Well, that, you know, what's funny. I, I, I have to get Dana a mic specifically because I was like, Dana, could you do, I am changing on the moonule. And she's like, sure. But like, but like the audio needs to be Dana Jones, my friend, Dana from the moonule has a voice like that, where it's like when Dana sings, and that's why she got his fucking Tony knob. And we were like, you know, right the day we left high school, but it's that's like, wild. although actually I think it was for straight up acting too. So again, just to reiterate, she is that talented, but when she sings, it brings tears to my eyes it is if you guys have not checked out dana jones if for no other reason you got to come to the moon you will come to the end you will hear dana i mean she is like yeah i i i i I can't she's really gifted but anyway anyway point being yeah jennifer Hudson has a a level of shyness to her that wouldn't translate for fanny bryce and that is what i see in any feldstein where i'm like like whitney houston would be good like Lady Gaga would be good. You have to have a level of freak flag. You have to have well, a level it's a of like, I don't give a fuck. It's yeah. chutzpah. You have to be, you have to be right. Like, because the whole storyline is basically that like, she's too ugly and she's not like the other Aryan, you know, chorus girl. She's not a rocket, but she's super talented. But because she's different, no one gives her a chance. And then she's, she sweeps the stages and the backstages. And then when everybody leaves the theater, that's when she's, oh. I'm the greatest star I am by far. And it is, I mean, it's, it is like, I mean, it'll take me like 
uh, you know, it's a long movie, but it'll take me like six. When I sit down and watch it, it takes me like six hours because I'll be so overwhelmed with them. I'll be, I'd like rewind it. Let's do it again. Like, give me an, give me one more. Do it again. Like I, I, I just, it, it's like, I have to pause to appreciate and then rewatch like almost every act, almost every big musical. Number. I, 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 it moves me to my core. I cannot. Uh, uh. She's so talented, Barbara Streisand. And she also is just like, you can be so aesthetically stunning even without meeting like the standard thousand percent you know because she knew how to work it like she knew how to dress and how to hold herself she shot herself in profile in all of her press photos and like like, that's why she's that's the jewish thing where it's like fuck you i'm me look at the look at the thing and I don't get that from Beanie Feldstein. That's I agree why with that. I agree with that. I mean, is jarring to me. You know, what's you know, what's sort of the, the big crime here, the real shame and all this. And also not Jewish. So I'm not saying that I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm open to casting people that are different, you know, I, okay. But you know who um, a young Adina Menzel would have been fantastic. Yeah. She does have that kind of power. Yes. A hundred percent. That's like the person. And yeah. honestly, there probably are Broadway people. Like I could ask Josh, like who should have been cast? Cause, cause here's the thing, either way you put it's it. Stunt casting. It's stunt it's a, casting. Any, any TV or movie star celebrity is going to be a stunt casting. And, and at the end of the day, we do know that Broadway is a like zero profit business. Like even the shows that do really well, you have to be on Broadway selling out, like literally selling out. Like Hamilton has still not really grossed a profit. Like you, it's like rent at some point finally started to gross a profit because it was on it's been on stage now for like 30 years or something like 25 years or whatever right like there's there's almost no money to be made in broadway but it is the the truest realest place for the people with that kind of it's the only up you know i have a lot of actor friends who will be like ugh, like i have to do tv and movies because i have to make a living and it's like david diggs for example it's like now that he Mm. got discovered you know during hamilton like you see him all all the time like you know he's on law and order playing different characters because like the only money is in tv and filmmaking but but Broadway is where the realest of the real go. If they actually wanted to do the show they should do, it would not have been somebody that was cast from the perspective of who is going. It's it's, it's like in, it's like influencer culture on Broadway. It's like all they can do is yeah. pick someone that people are going to be curious to go see. Like Beanie being a celebrity will sell tickets. And that is the only, that's what they actually need when they're, when they're fundraising for these shows and they're trying to get these shows made, you have to give people some semblance of an yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if people don't know Funny Girl, you know, they're not going to go. I, I can't imagine not knowing Funny Girl. I'm sorry. I assumed you didn't, but it's I know I can't time. believe you thought I didn't I can't believe you I'm a little insulted you no, know I, I guess I always think because of my own I think it's like a Jewish thing but it's like no Barbara does transcend that's the whole point oh yeah Barbara was really the first like outwardly Jewish celebrity he absolutely you know? was like no one like obviously there were tons well, it's of like Jewish Bette Midler was kind of coming button. up at the same time that was coming up at the same time but Bette and Bette is talented but she's not Barbara talented yeah, and Joan Rivers was coming up, but like Joan Rivers, but Joan Rivers was changed her me. whole look. Joan wanted to. She was so. She was a Jewish icon, but she also was addicted to looking Barbie and being yeah. normal. She she did try to sort of assimilate in that. And way. like we for I think a lot of people don't realize just how big Barbara Streisand was yeah. in the late sixties oh, and absolutely, 70s. like absolutely, people, people genuinely don't know. Um. 
what can you tell us about their charts very briefly? Okay, very quickly. Okay, so the thing that I just really thought was interesting, or the, the thing I also, thought was fun about- Also, I think what's really going to happen, sorry, just real quick yeah. on the stunt casting thing, it's going to be Beanie for like three to six months, and then it's yes. going to hopefully stay on Broadway with like super talented Broadway performers. Yeah, cycling. they need to write, get it going so that people have, and then so that it gets reviewed, and so that people, so it has like, it, right, it has to have like, you do have to open with like sizzle. You have to open with yeah. a bang. Yeah, then I do hope that that is where we're discovering our stars of tomorrow because it really is a great platform. If somebody does that part well and we've never heard of her before, it will, you, we won't be able to miss it. Yeah. I hope it's the girl who played Eponine in the Les Mis movie. Well, but it's, it's the wrong, uh, Eponine's the wrong, uh, well, no. Oh, I, yeah, she was great. Yeah. Huh. That's good. I didn't think of that. I like that. Hmm. Okay. So, um, we'll have to look at her another time. We don't even know her name, but that's because she hasn't been featured on, in Funny Girl yet. She's um, a Broadway girl. She's not a movie girl. That I was love I, the talent though it's like that's a right that's why eponine in that like like i mean what is who, who did uh who did Cosette? amanda seyfried oh man she lucked out on that but like like seyfried the voices in the, like even that though the, the lame is movie is very much cast for box office but eponine saved us yes yes exactly eponine, don't you fret monsieur marius I don't feel any pain. Oh, sorry. I'm doing the harmony. Okay. Wow. Um, that's beautiful. That, I'm, not, I'm not even trying. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So, so Beanie is a zero degree Leo Wait. rising. I was going to guess. Oh, I fuck. Know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Guess, guess Beanies, guess Beanies, and then we'll do Barb's. Fuck. How do I not know Barbara? Okay. You said she's Leo rising. I think Barbara's definitely got a lot of Leo. How could she not? And I think our little beanbag is probably got <laughs> Yo, a little. I, she would take that. That would be like, that's actually like t- punching down calling. I, I think beanbag because the name it works, but like low key, that is her body type. Oh, that's not what I meant. I thought it was funny. Yeah, but see, that's what happened. That's how I accidentally insulted the trans person that I really love. It's like sometimes the joke just writes itself and then we don't realize that we're, you know, it's just her name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have mercy on us. I think yeah. Beanie's got some Sagittarius in her. I don't know why. She just gives me that vibe um, because she seems like a real earth lady. She seems very hippie-ish and chilled out. And so in that case, because she seems like an earth lady, where do you think her moon is? Cancer, Taurus. Really interesting guesses. You don't know. Virgo, Capricorn. I don't know. You're going to list all the signs, bro. It's not guessing. I know. Okay. And then Barbara is just like God. She's just God. She's got to have. Yeah. She's, she's got to be a lot of Leo, a lot of, um, I mean, she has been very methodical with her career but also she hasn't been methodical she's just so fucking talented like it's just pure talent and I think there is a work ethic there but I think the work ethic is just a byproduct of the raw talent and loving what she does I don't think it's also like if you have that kind of a talent to nurture it isn't so much work as much as it is just doing the thing that you do right like I don't I wouldn't like she is a workhorse. She works hard, but, but I wouldn't you a hint, call her. Though, she did because she was dirt poor. She did have to build this Capricorn. Platform. Okay. Very good. She's got Leo Capricorn. Um, 
I don't, I don't fucking know. Okay. So okay, let me on? fucking rock your world. And I'm really proud of you. These are really, really uh, informed guesses. Okay. So informed that doesn't you're mean learning, means you're a good student. You're learning. Okay. So okay. Beanie is a Leo rising and Barbara is a Leo moon. No shock mm-hmm. here, but why is this a great, you know, the moon is the essence of a person. The rising is really your first layer of costume. So in this way, a nice, a nice match. Okay. Now, Barbara. So, so in- basically Beanie is like cosplaying as Barbara, like I said. Well, I will say Beanie's cosplaying as everyone. Beanie's chart is really built to be an actor. Like okay. a lot of times. So, so Beanie's, uh, so, okay. Beanie, uh, Barbara's rising. What, what got, what got Barbara breaking into the theater at night to sing alone on the stage, even if no one knows it. Okay. <laughs> is that she's an Aries rising. Okay. Okay. But why does this translate to a very good casting on their part astrologically? Because Beanie is an Aries midheaven, which we know is actually when you're a, so when you look at celebrities, instead of trying to guess their rising signs, which you really don't know, the way that we come across to the public is our midheaven, right? So Beanie's Beanie's career is actually in, you know, it's in Aries, which is Barbara's rising. So for her to come across like Barbara and to be able to embody the soul of Barbara really makes sense to me. Now, I don't think it does. I don't think she's going to embody the soul of well, Barbara. I don't think, but astrologically, I'm just saying astrologically, okay. that's a very nice thing to see because it's like her rising, which is the school that she's in is Barbara's moon. And then her midheaven, which is the way that she's going to come across is Barbara, is, is Barbara's rising. Right? I think she's going to give us a new spin on Fanny Bryce. Well, I if think they adjust the notes, I will be upset. Like either sing it or don't. They have to adjust the notes. There's no way That's that she I can want her sing to like impress us. I want her to impress us. You can't sing. She's not. No one sings like Barbara Streisand. I'm gonna break the door. Okay. So. All the world's gonna. Okay. So next, Barbara's son and Mercury. You're gonna love it, and it's also her. Her son, her Mercury, and her uh, Saturn are in Taurus. <laughs> what? Give it up for the big girls. Yep, Taurus. I'm in with shocked. The wind. Yep. But but that's where it's like, no, she had the, she had the determination. Like she could have been ignored. We were not in a time of social media. She wasn't going to blow up on TikTok. She had to fight. That's why Fanny, that's why Funny Girl is so impactful because it is, it's not autobiographical, but, but it's written because that is a, it's like, um, what am it I trying is- to say? It's They're autobiographical in the way that it, sisters. Yeah. Like it's, it's her. So right. It was, it was made before her. There's actually a, a Barbara didn't uh, originate. She's not the original Fanny Bryce. It was a show right. before Barbara made it, you know, but uh, it, it's a story that she could relate to and felt that her career modeled in the same way where she was like, I'm having to really fight for this and I am the greatest and nobody is, is looking. And then we did. And now we can't stop looking. But so the, that is that Taurus also that ability to be a workhorse and the ability to build it all so that you could live luxuriously and so that you could be financially comfortable and and demanding the things that you feel that you need that make you feel safe which in this case is aesthetic Taurus Venus acrylics we know that Aries is the number one diva sign but 
Taurus is probably the number two diva sign. Very close in the running because yeah, Taurus actually requires a lot of maintenance. That's like part of it. It's like, you need to take care of me and I will do my part, but, but I also expect to be compensated. I expect to, to be received and supported. Right. So yeah, like it was, it's always been a transaction for her. It's always been like, Oh yeah. Yes. I love performing and it's my gift, but also like, I am not your pawn to be used. Like I'm, I'm here doing a job and I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And speaking of which Taurus moon, Talia Brava, when we were, it's, it's public, I'm not outing her, but I said, can you still come to the moon? She goes, Talia is not working unless she's getting paid. Taurus moon. I getting ready for the nodes to shift into Taurus. The North node's about to move into Taurus. So we're all going to be on that tip too, which is like, wait a second. That's part of what this retrograde is for. It's setting us up for the next eclipse cycle. And it's going, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Is the work that you're doing actually paying off? Is it actually supporting you? Are you being compensated financially? That is what Taurus needs. So why this is kind of interesting though, is that Beanie's Venus, which is her divine attractor. It's her moneymaker. It's, it's her is in Taurus in the 10th house, which is her career. So that makes sense. Now, the thing about Beanie that is not the same as um, Barbara, but I do think it's worth noting is that you're right. Beanie is a cancer, but she is a, a cancer, uh, a cancer in the 12th house. So cancer Mercury in the 12th house. So it's like, I find that a lot of people that I know who are professional actors are 12th house people because the whole thing with 12th house planets and your Venus is in the 12th house. It's like 12th house planets are a little bit, it's like, you can't, it's, it's subconscious. So like, you can't really see it. You can't really, you can channel it. It's sort of coming through you, but more of like a dream kind of awareness. So I think a lot of actors, I think a lot of very good actors have a lot of 12th house planets because it's not about seeing themselves. It's about actually going, I can't, I don't see myself. I'm only seeing myself through the lens of the world and through the lens of other people, which is, I, I think, makes sense for an actor, right? Versus a reality star. Now, uh, you're also right that Beanie is an earth mama. Beanie's uh, moon and Mars are conjunct in Virgo. So that's not related to Barbara either, but I do think I just want to tell you that you were right about that. Okay. And Barbara, you're also right about in terms of how she comes off. Barbara is a da-da-da-da, Capricorn, Midheaven. And Beanie's North wow. Node, the purpose of her life is to be Sagittarius. So if she's coming across that way to you, it means that she is doing her work. She's definitely doing her work. I think she's really, really talented. Like, I, I, I sounded probably like I was talking smack about her before. Yeah, there was a fucking hater in the house. I know, but no, I really think she is so talented and she's a great performer. It's just that those two seconds that I saw on that trailer for hello the- gorgeous I mean we do hello gorgeous better than her I will give her I'll say that right that she was like hello best. gorgeous I was like <laughs> what no I thought no I actually thought that she I actually was like I was almost like an anti-semitic insult that I actually thought she she was like hello gorgeous I thought she was like whoa it's like okay I don't know like it's it was like deep Brooklyn hell it was like Jew voice it was like hello gorgeous <laughs> yeah I was like tell me you're from LA without telling me you're from LA thousand percent right it's like she's never met someone from Brooklyn in her life right exactly exactly yeah. I do think she's really talented I just think she gives off such a different vibe than Barbara yeah I agree and with that I think it's gonna be a different show it's gonna but be but you a- know There was an essay in the New York Times called Bad Art Friend, and it's about two friends. Well, one of them thought they were friends, the other one didn't. And it was the talk of the town this week. It was so funny. I mean, Molly, when you, 
I like now I'm back into reading because you got me reading again. You've really healed my life, but reading is fundamental. When I started to read this article, I was every sentence. It got better and better. It is the we'll put it the show we'll put it in the show notes. You have yeah. got to read this article. It is it, I, I, every step of the. I, I mean, the first thought I had was got to make it a musical. Okay, yes. go ahead, tell them about it. But like, it is it is that it is that dramatic that like it should be sung. All of the petty fighting should be sung. It will be optioned for something. Thousand percent. Once again, it's called Bad Art Friend. It's about these two women, Dawn Dorland. They have the, the dumbest name I've ever heard. Dawn, Dawn Dorland. Dorland. And Sonia Larson. So Dawn Dorland and Sonia Larson, they were both in a writer's group in Boston, which as a child of two professional writers, I was always told writer's groups are bullshit. Don't join them. If you're writing, you're writing. If you're not, you're not. But even to add credence to this bullshit, uh, only only just if it's true, the group was called the Chunky Monkeys. The Chunky Monkeys, and they so were they're, they're they're involved in a group called the Chunky Monkeys, of which they took extremely fucking seriously. They were took it so seriously, and and their like hub was called Grub Street. It's just like and otherwise known as the Grubbies. Yeah, it's like that's not right. Like <laughs> no, the, not to be a snob, but like. That's not writing. That's bad writing. So, okay. <laughs> what happened is Dawn Dorland, the story opens with this, the tale of Dawn donating a kidney voluntarily. She was very into this idea of live organ donation. So she decided to donate her kidney to an anonymous person. She was posting about it incessantly on Facebook and everything. Um, she had she met- a separate Facebook group, actually, to talk about her heroic act and why it was so heroic and why it was important to know that it was not for a family member. It was for a stranger because everyone did blah, blah, blah. Which is way too proud. Way too proud. Yeah. Very psycho thing to do. And too proud is begging. Yes. So she, and she posted the letter that she had written to the recipient of her kidney and this woman, Sonia Larson, who she vaguely knew she met, she saw her, Somewhere. She's one of the grubbies from the Chunky Monkeys. She's she, yeah. She apparently was like the cool girl in the writing group, and her her writing was starting to go very far. And Dawn one day was like, "Hey, I noticed that you never liked any of my Facebook posts about my kidney. Post. You didn't like my post about my kidney donation. What what's up with that?" And Dawn was like, or Sonia was like, "What? Like you're fucking what? Like why why would like, you? It's you crazy. A lot of people." Um, or no, no, right. She was just like, she, well, she didn't say what. She said, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was cool. Like, she was like, I didn't know you. That's what she said. She said, I didn't know that, like, you needed me to respond or something yeah, like that. Yeah, she was like, good job. Like, yeah, I'm proud of you, whatever. So Dawn, the donor, is certifiably crazy. But so then Sonia Larson starts workshopping a story called The Kindest. And it's about, she. so Sonia Larson is half Asian, half white. And she just, she, she saw Dawn's story as like a white savior narrative of a woman who's like so obsessed with being a white savior that she's willing to part with a kidney. And she started- And, and wants a huge amount of credit for it. Which, huge amount of credit. So yes, to be fair, was it a little bit of a roast? Sure. You know, she was, she was like lampooning this character, but, but it was only because, and actually I believe the story that she was writing was 
then departed from Dawn's story, but she was inspired by Dawn and the story of the kidney and then being upset about not being given enough attention for it, that it launched her into her own story about a kind, kind white person who gave their kidney away. And then it was her own story. Give their kidney away to an Asian person. And fair enough, I say, up to this point. Like, this woman's insane. She's acting so weird. Definitely fair to write a story about a kidney donor who wants the world to stop because she gave up a kidney that no one asked for. I mean, as but, people on a podcast doing comedy, we know that like when someone does something trifling, it becomes material. A hundred percent. But so you're reading the story and you're like midway through and you're like, yeah, clearly Dawn's crazy. But then it mm-hmm. turns out Sonia plagiarized Dawn's Facebook post. Word for word. About- about the donation word for word in like early versions of her story. And so Dawn got wind of this and she was like, she, she, she decided to sue her. Well, actually, no, it wasn't. She didn't get the first thing it it was, she actually refused to, if I remember this correctly, she refused to read it at first. And then just based on the fact that she was using this story, Dawn had a problem with it. It was emailing everybody and was trying to cause a ruckus. Then she finally started the story and saw that it was plagiarized, which then led her to actually take her to court. Right, right, right. So at first read the whole story at first, that was, it was just like, even the fact of her using a kidney donor as the as the protagonist of her story was actually already extremely way too triggering to dawn right which is i would say not fair like if totally if sonia was inspired by dawn's kidney donation she has every right to write a story about it and as if as if dawn's cornered them like dawn's not the only person on earth who's ever donated a kidney cornered the market cornered the market in, in stories about people who donated a kidney you know what i mean that's ridiculous yeah yeah, so so but then she realized that actually Sonia had plagiarized part of her letter and that's when she started this crazy legal battle. But I think then the issue becomes Sonia insisting that she didn't plagiarize it and it's like okay, but you did. And then she tried to say that it's fair use because she's like, "Oh, that thing that she wrote on Facebook was not intended to be literature. It was intended to it was just a Facebook quote." post it was pretty much boilerplate it fits the genre of of kidney donation letters but it's like okay but the donor Sonia also said Sonia also did I I do think the only lie here and I would say what I would have said if I were Sonia what Sonia said is I didn't have the letter like I didn't reread the letter like I left the group at one point so I'm I was remembering the when I was writing the letter I and and channeling this letter I was thinking about her letter but I wasn't like like, Wait, did it you happen- really say that? Because yeah, parts I'm pretty of it were sure. verbatim. I'm pretty sure that the first thing she tried to say was like, look, if I happen to nail what she said, it's only because I, from memory, it was such a boilerplate type no, of- No, she didn't say from memory. She didn't say from memory. Oh, I she thought was- that she did. Okay, that's maybe my bad. I'm just getting back into reading and I might be putting my own stuff into it. But what I really she actually- admitted, She admitted that she had lifted lines from it and her, okay, lawyers, okay. Ar- her lawyers argued that those oh, lines right. are basically public domain- because they're so generic. Right, right, right. Which okay, is yes. adding, it's kind of hilarious drag because it's adding insult to injury. It's, it's like, drag, also PS. Right. Yeah, she's like- The writing's bad. She's like, I'm a higher status writer in this community and I plagiarized you. And the reason I plagiarized you is because your writing ain't shit. And- Right, she's like, I couldn't write a letter this bad. Yeah, exactly. But so, okay. Then 
Don, the donor, starts just taking her to court for way too long. It's like she's trying to get 15 grand out of this woman. Sonia made $400 on this story. And Don's Sonya trying to get made no money on the story. And she, the minute that actually Don started having a problem with it, she was like, oh, my bad. And she did change the language in the letter. She didn't ultimately use the, the language. She changed right. the language. It was not an issue. What's really funny to me, though, is that the thing that Dawn was citing, the thing that she was suing for, her for, uh, or, or at one point was suing her for, was uh, emotional damage. And Dawn said that she was slapping herself that, that mm. she was hurting herself. She was inflicting self-harm and the self-harm in particular was that she was slapping herself. I know that was, I mean, Donna oh, has got funny. a for sure like personality disorder. And I think if I was Sonia, I would have just paid the settlement as early as possible. Well, I think that the issue too is that like, yes, Sonia has a personality disorder. She is socially unwell, but also to me, this was like, I've, and I've done it in my own life in certain ways where it's like, I focus on the wrong issue because low key, I'm insecure about that. Like if, if, if Sonia was not like, like if Dawn was a better writer, she would have just written her own story or she would have been like, okay, this is annoying. I'm just going to tell this girl that I know that I think it's bullshit that she did that. And then move on. The fact that instead of writing a single thing after that point, she became obsessed with Dawn and was like in in writers obsessed like with Sonia yeah he was obsessed with Sonia Dawn's, Dawn's not a writer she's Dawn's just not simply a not a writer she's in she's, the writers group it is a community thing right so okay who do you think I'm sorry can you hear the dog crying I love the dog. hold on let me that's actually it. Dawn in the back whining about her kidneys he's not gonna stop crying now and I can't pick him up because well, we, we're almost done we can we can wrap this up Maybe we should just save it. We don't have to talk about it if we don't need to. We have a long, we have a lot of stuff. We do, but we've come this far. Let me just wait one second until he quiets down and then I can pick him up. But I can't pick him up while he's, while he's crying because that's going to make him think that crying helps him get picked up. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. And then mute. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to mute my mic. Have, why, why doesn't Nick like put him in the bathroom real quick? I don't know why that just happened. I know it's terrible. It's really hard. I think it's so cute though. But even tonight, no, no, think, not, wait. Whose side are you on, Don or Sonia? Sonia. Sonia by far. Look, I think that Don has an absolute right to be annoyed. It is annoying. When someone's just roasting you to your face, it's annoying. When you go to a show and you feel like someone's doing your character instead. Like I've been to shows where it's like, I'm, and I'm like, are you just doing me? Or like, you know, or it's it's like something that I said, sometimes like even with coaching and I have a lot of comedian clients, like I'll say something in a coaching call where then it becomes their material. And they're like, they they think that they wrote it because they're like, oh, that's really good. I'll use that. And I'm like, you're using me. I just wrote that. If it goes anywhere, give me my, but it's like, because I don't actually have confidence issues in this area. I'm like, great, take it. Like, I don't feel a, a, a sense of ownership over every single word I say, or every single inspiration that I have or any, you know, because it's like, as performers as artists the actual craft is in taking the world that you see around you and using that as like your base material and then injecting your own sense of you know intellectual talent or artistic talent to to turn it into something else right there's nothing you could say that there is no original material right so I think and I also think that because Dawn in the first place 
not only does it make her a million, the fact that, that it's not just like, I wrote this letter. It was like, I wrote this letter. I invited everybody to this Facebook community. I reached out to this person because they didn't actually like my post. Did you see the heroic thing that I did? So in a way, Dawn is motherfucking asking for it. If I were in that group, she would become material too. But I do. I also love how the group chats got subpoenaed and then Dawn had to look at all these people talking shit about what a hack and an idiot she is. Like, we'll talk oh about though, like creating the thing that you are avoiding, like creating the thing that you think that you're like overcompensating for. It's like, no, Dawn, like actually you're right. Everyone hates you and you are not talented. Right. Dawn is a glutton for punishment. Like she literally yeah. got her body cut open to get an organ removed so that she could then continue to self-flagellate about removing her organ. And then right. she started a lawsuit that would lead to her seeing how much everyone hates her. Like literally. personality disorder. Literally, right. I mean, and deeply unwell. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, I don't know how, uh, how would you diagnose her? Like, I was trying to figure it out. Cause I'm like, it's almost like, like, um, like an ignored narcissist. Like how does a narcissist act when they have no person to like take it out on or whatever, no supply, like a narcissist with no supply as they say on YouTube or whatever. But like, yeah, to me, she was asking for it. She was jiggles. What I imagine happened because I did look into Sonia. I actually, funny enough, I, I looked for both of their birthdays and I found that they're both hiding their birthdays because they probably know that we are coming at, after them. Okay. But I had uh, friends in common with both of them. I was a Boston writer to begin with. I went to school there. I was a screenwriting student. I'm in the Boston uh, writing community, I guess, in whatever way. So I, we do have friends in common, which just made me laugh. And I almost want to reach out to them and be like, do you have any idea? Because you're in the in, you're in. They have private enough Facebook. So it's like, can you just look when the, I'm, I might actually message them and say, can you look when the birthdays are? And we will do a follow-up. I'm dying to look at the charts. But what I will say is that like, what I think probably happened, and I've done this before too, where it's like, while Sonia was writing, she probably copy pasted the article, put it in the, put it in the piece, probably thought like, I'll, because she's not asking for trouble. She knows that Dawn is obsessively looking and she, you know, she probably was like, I'll get back. Cause it was also the reason that Dawn got upset was because it was in the early, early drafts in the final draft that ended up being published. It wasn't even used. Right. And that's, and that's when Dawn switched to suing her for emotional damage rather than I'm suing you because you're plagiarizing. So the first the first attack was you're plagiarizing, let's sue her. Then Sonia's like, I'm just going to change it. And then the next the next round of legal drama was because she was like, well, now I have been emotionally distraught and I've been slapping myself because of this. So also fucking wild. And, yeah, and also really all this stupid. to say that they're in I think- talking about the grubbies and the chunky. That's where it's like, I was a chunky monkey too. Like, I just feel like it's, yeah. it's so fucking silly. I thought I was a grubby, and, and, but actually they're, they're grubby. You know, like, I just feel like we could really do something with this. But yeah, I, I, I feel like the Sonya- way that Sonia kept doubling down and saying that she had a right to use that letter was really fucked up as well. Because well, it's like, me, okay. It's not fucked up. It's just like a waste of time. It's like, why yeah. would you fight with this great? It's like, with if, what do they say? Like, like if you, if you, if you're wrestling with pigs, don't, don't be surprised when you get a little muddy. Like when you stoop down to the level of trying to fight with someone who's crazy, who you plagiarize, you plagiarize the crazy like person. She did plagiarize. Yeah. So and I, just- but I do think Sonia seems pretty smart to me. Like I imagine that it was the kind of thing where she copy pasted it and then was like, I'll go back and change, tweak a few things, which ultimately is what she did. I'll go back and tweak a few things. And then it's like, she just forgot or she didn't realize that Dawn was going to read it or that people were going to report it back to her or whatever. So that's sort of what I think happened. But I also think the reason that she doubled down was not because she- That's so lazy. That's so lazy. But I think it's what she did. But I think it's like, I think she doubled down, not because she actually cared about 
this being the issue. But I've had this too, where like, you kind of just low key. I mean, this woman is getting triggered by Dawn to no end before she wrote the story, because Dawn actually personally reached out to all the people that were in the Facebook group that didn't like the post to say, Hey, I noticed, Hey, I noticed that you didn't like the post. Like the minute that someone does that to me and I'm playing nice girl, like what I would actually be thinking at that point is like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, go to therapy, get help. Like, this is so pathetic. Right. But, but, and it's like, at what point does an act of altruism become not altruistic when it's actually just about your own self of self sense of self aggrandizement. Right. So Sonia in her head has been roasting this chick. It's now she's become a, a dramatic part of her life. So I think her doubling down on it was just staying in the fight that she was in so that she didn't have to just unload on this bitch. But it's like, it's like, okay. It's like, okay, if you want to tussle, you're wrong, but it's like, did you probably did have the part of her that just wanted to fucking be like you idiot i'll fucking crush you yeah i guess i guess that's what it was <laughs> i'm Molly's sorry because her dog is like literally whimpering and so she has to stay on mute that's why i did speak this almost this whole time but um any final thoughts on the article what do we hope happens we do hope that the rights get optioned we do want to see it on broadway but yeah, yeah was there any was there any other uh, post article, you know, I, I'm trying to remember now, did the article come to any conclusion? Like, was there any aftermath or what is the aftermath? Um, well, the ending was just that Dawn kept going to Sonia's events to see if Sonia oh, yeah. was talking about her, which right, is right, to go hate watch. She was hate watching her. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know whose side I'm on. I think I'm on neither side because yeah, I, I mean, it's do- all just stupid. Yeah, but it is very fun. And, well, and I also think it's funny that that Sonia then turned it into a, like, it's like it wasn't just a story about this wacky character, Dawn. It was, and then like her argument was like, actually, this is about race politics and you're just another person that's saying, I don't see color. And it's like, that's not what's going on. She doesn't see anything. She's she's a self-obsessed, you know, bored narcissist with, you know, borderline personality. Like, I don't know. I was trying to figure out what she's got multiple personality disorders. This bitch is not okay. What's really funny too, as well, I was trying to find their birthdays. I was on like a sort of troll of the accounts. I sent it to you. I found this picture of Dawn who is like, really like she is white savior vibes. Right. And like, she has all these pictures yeah. of herself, like in caftans and like all black and white and caftans or whatever. But she um has this post of her from 2012 wearing a, like a, like a bathing cap, but she's basically like, I'm a monk for Halloween. And then it's not recent from 2012. There are people commenting on the post going, I don't know why, but this doesn't sit right with me. So like, it's funny because even though I don't think that she was, that she was trying to overtly ignore what Sonia was saying, which is like, this is a story about white people and Asian people. If you had read further into it, you would see that it's not even about you at all. It's about this central issue that I have experienced my whole life. But it's like perfect. Yeah, because there wasn't even any like racial element in the actual, the real life thing of what Dawn- It was anonymous. She has no idea who got the kidney, right? That was like the whole point. But, um, but the real, so, so, so yeah, I do think Sonia has creative license to go, but what if this went into an Asian person and then this, you know, whatever. And, and bottom line is what's really funny is that, that it's again, like you attract what you are like, no, in this case, I don't think Dawn was like trying to ignore racial politics, but I do think in general she does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So awesome to see her dressed as a monk. And have people calling her out for going, this seems really racist. This seems really like, like, you know, uh, monk face. I think that what we've (laughs) monk face, what we've learned from this is just don't join writers groups. And if you're going to copy paste, make sure you edit the text. 
Yeah, exactly. I've written enough, th- although I should send it to you. I found this article once that I obviously, so I, in, in college, I, I had to write about, I was in film school and I, there, were, there was some assignment about writing about the Helen Keller film, which I, it, it is, dude, I will, I will find it and send it to you. It is the funniest piece of writing. I can't even believe I put my name on this. I am clearly like in a drug haze and was just trying to do it last minute. It is so clear that I copy pasted and then tried to like add sentences and plagiarize because it's, I mean, there has never been anything more. The only thing that the, that the essay communicated was that I did not watch the movie. (laughs) I'll just say everybody just put your pens to paper and write. It it never works out in your favor to fucking copy paste and plagiarize. I know. Just don't do it. it. Not good. Yeah. And yeah. And and last thing I'll say, the last thing I'll say, and then you can finish up and then we can end the, the app. But astrologically why is it perfect that this is coming out right now because all of these planets in libra mercury is retrograde mars and the sun are together this is a fight about friends or so what they thought was friends or the group and the community you know chiron is opposite all of this in aries so everybody her being outed for being publicly such a fool, but also Sonia being outed for having plagiarized is wound. It's that personal sense of wounding, but it's all stemming from and coming back to the issues within Libra, uh, Libra, Gemini, Aquarius, relationship work and intellectual property work and community work. Astrologically, it is perfect. It makes total sense. I'm going to well, find their fucking birthdays, dude. That's, I, pro- I promise you this. We will come back to it. Oh, I also want to say, if anybody has been part of LuLaRoe, we want to do a deep dive. But for whatever reason, Mark Stidham, the Deanne's husband, is this sexism? Deanne's age is blasted everywhere. Cannot find an age for Mark. He must be way older. Yeah, he's hiding it. Yeah. Not public record. Well, Very thank rare. you everyone for listening to this weird week. It was fun. It was so good. fucking fun. I, we thought we were going to have no news. In fact- there's an overwhelming amount of societal news and what fun. Yeah, there was, there was check out our merch store. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, Tell your friends, leave a, yo, if you're listening to this and you've listened this far and you don't leave a review, you need to look at yourself because we could not be asking anymore. Right a fucking review please like when you're listening to the pod post about it like take a screenshot of your phone and be like wow so funny so good like we are a community here and the better we do the better we all do because we are a team uh, team trash, trash team come on space trash trash in space space trash lifestyles the rich and your race space trash celebrities they're trash astrology can help us understand transmission incoming (laughs) hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com slash style